Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here. Okay. Captain Brunch. Being joined as always with his co-host Dustin Soglow Frazier. Looking directly at Raw can be terrible for your health. Oh, for absolute certain. And today was one of the days that I didn't even do it intentionally. I was just busy here. We have a lot of racism to talk about. You know, so. You don't want to waste time. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I have to organize all of this. Get, get PC and stuff. You know, the Creeper, all of them. When Stasis mentioned the Creeper, you know, anyone who doesn't have an account, I guess, is what she would talk about. Essentially. Yeah, so. We come to you 24 hours after the AEW Double or Nothing 2021 post-show, which was a lot of fun. I'm glad that everyone here wasn't salty or hot ending in that. I know some of you hated it, but a lot of you, for the most part, liked it. We're not going to give them bad marks just because that's the general consensus nowadays. That being said... (laughs) Yeah, that being said... Thank you to everyone across all the different podcasts and podcatcher apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, and of course, uh, Twitch TV, Facebook, all the various places in our home base of TalkBrunch.com. And I think that uh, one of our buddies is throwing us on Spotify soon. I keep forgetting to do that. It's not because of lack of resource, just uh, lack of time, which I guess does become lack of resources. Might be how it works. So, I wanted to ask you: Are you up to date on the Young Rock show? I know we talked about it on here before, but how up to date are you on it? Uh, I think I'm like a couple episodes behind. Because I don't want to spoil you too much, but there's a few moments in that show that have popped me. Oh, trust before, me. That show before we so get good. into, I don't even think I mind spoilers. Yeah, like before we get into any of the. Uh, serious stuff because then i know i'll forget there were just a few moments i'm gonna run the trailer because we never actually talk too much about the stuff in the show on there but then you guys are gonna see why if you haven't watched it give it give it a a shot like definitely trust me on that one let me see i've got the trailer somewhere understand me you gotta understand where i came from wayne johnson for the 2032 u.s presidential race are the people ready they are not ready but they need to see it <laughs> these two kill me some of the stuff they do in the interviews in <laughs> right i was born into a wrestling family of course your dad was wrestling superstar the soul man rocky johnson to me he was a superhero I learned a lot of lessons very early on in life. At the same time, I was just a regular little boy. I'll have your finest tequila. No. No. I'll have a vodka martini. No. No. You have a full mustache and you're bigger than a dad. You look like an undercover cop. I'm 15. (laughs) I love that they kept thinking he was a cop. Remember the principal thought that? Telling him I was going to be on a video Surprise! This feels so well There's a little boy here. I'll find you, Chet. Ah, that's my boy. 
nothing is more important than family. You know, when you grow up around wrestlers, sometimes you learn lessons in very interesting ways. So fake, anyways. What happened? I did not raise special boy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Andre goes and picks him up. Don't ever say it's fake. Yeah, my big dream. I like the guy they have. Uh, I have had one hell of a life. There's still so much that I have to share with the world. Oh, and I've got some pretty cool stories about Andre the Giant. So I got like to about the 10th episode. I think I officially made up my mind on my favorite character, which is uh, Rock's grandmother. Yes. That lady has no (laughs) chill. When it comes to the wrestling business, that lady is like war seasoned. Like there are just things, there are moments with her where you have to do like a double take. I want to show you one of my favorite scenes. This This might be one of my favorite scenes of anything in 2021. (laughs) that's a bold proclamation right there my mom wasn't the only one who was grinding out a paycheck my dad couldn't book matches anymore so he was teaching at skinny jimmy's wrestling camp does this hurt richard no i can tell and so can the audience because you're not selling worth a damn here let me show you put me in sleep a hole oh my god are you okay richard i swear to god i'm selling Richard is a disgrace. I wish I could go back in time and kill his mother. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, I lost it at that. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's so messed up. That's, that's harsh. Not just have him leave Not the business. Kill him. Just go back in time. Make it easy. He's never going to be a fan. End the bloodline because he can't sell. Wow. <laughs> Uh, she's always she cracks me up a lot in that series, man. It's unbelievable. So anyway, what do we got going on here? Speaking of that, Bill Mayer apparently, from what I'm seeing here on our program, he talked shit about The Rock because I guess partially because of this show. But I, in all fairness, I've heard it mentioned way before the show that people wanted The Rock to be president. But I've said I've heard that about a lot of people. I've heard about Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's just something that you you hear regularly. I don't know how often. I guess in today's world, more often than not, you take it more seriously. But uh, I guess Bill Mayer wasn't cool with it from what I'm seeing here. Let's see what uh, I want to not know what the hell we're talking about here. How much do you know about him? Do you ever watch him? Um, Not really. I hear his name here and there, but never, never seen him. Never seen him. myself watching him. I'll be honest. I haven't watched this stuff in years. Let me see. So what we got here. And finally, new rule. Someone must explain why celebrities running for high office is a recurring nightmare we cannot seem to shake. The Rock, Caitlyn Jenner, Matthew McConaughey, Randy Quaid. They all have suggested lately that when it comes to running the country, they have to be fair. The word celebrity is being used a little bit loose in this. Have what it takes. And they do. Malignant narcissists. Right. I'll give it to Rock. Just the same. Did we all not just witness the cautionary tale named Donald Trump? The last four years was a warning, not an inspiration. Okay, well, let's get to the, the Rock stuff. Because we already know what this is going to be. I'm sure The Rock is a good guy and a bright guy. And that is not enough. 
Not enough. And frankly, the fact that he thinks he can step into the single hardest job in the world with no preparation tells me one thing for sure about his judgment. It's terrible. (laughs) You need more proof? Kanye West thought he could do it. The Rock says he might be the right man for the job because he believes he can unite the country. You can't. Why? Because the blue states and red states both like your stupid movies? <laughs> Let me put it bluntly to you and all these would-be showbiz candidates. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. And doggone it, it completely doesn't matter that people like you. Oh, a savage. They like you now because you're an entertainer and thus largely uncontroversial. Governing is the opposite. If you think you can unite the country, you're delusional. A space alien attack couldn't unite this country. (laughs) The aliens would say, take us to your leader, and 70% of Republicans would drive them to (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. Ooh. Okay. Um, So, a couple things. I'm going to meet him halfway here. And just say, yeah, you probably, he's probably right. He's not going to unite the country or anything like that. And he's not qualified to do it. And you're going to want people ruling. I'm not even going to call it governing. Let's call this shit what it is. Ruling. (laughs) That's what they do. They rule. Ruling is way different than serving. Because at the end of the day, celebrities from the top to the bottom, everybody's under the servitude of the government under one way or another. That being said, he's saying that at the end of the day, he doesn't have a, I guess, positive uh, anticipation for celebrities like The Rock or uh, Matthew McConaughey or those other two not celebrities on there being able to run anything. But at the end of the day, the people who have been in charge haven't been able to run anything anyway. In our experience in this world, haven't you learned that no matter who's in charge and what uh, fail safe we have in place, when something really bad happens, no one's going to know what the fuck to do. That's the reason why we call it something really bad. When have you ever classified something that you've known exactly how to deal with and resolve as really bad? Never. We only classify really bad things that we have no idea how to handle, which we've learned no matter who's in charge. When that kind of shit happens, whether it's buildings exploding, bugs biting you viruses overtaking you riots overcoming you we've learned that regardless to whether it's the rock or whether it's obama or Barack, the rock or the rock no one knows what the fuck to do so even though he's right in a sense i think it's a little bit hard on the rock who hasn't really even been pretentious about this whole thing to come down on the guy like that but it's just kind of funny where it's kind of like you still have people who are in politics that stick their nose up and go, oh, other people, regular people like you don't know what to do. Well, every single chance you've had a, uh, had an opportunity to show us, you've kind of fucked up. Can you name a time in recent history that something has helped when it's come to government or rule? You were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about it. You ever felt that way? Like the way you feel when you see your team do something cool? Like, yeah, man, I knew it would have it. Have you ever had that feeling when it's coming to, to like government or your country or politics? Once again, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Ironically, you're using, <laughs> you're going to use the fifth, huh? Yeah. You see, you have to, you plead politics. 
just a record, um, just a record, Bill. Kanye's fucking crazy, so he don't count. Like, don't you, don't you compare a sane man to Kanye? This whole thing's crazy, but if there's anything I've learned is that I don't really trust anybody to run anything, no matter who they say they're from or what their background is. Things might go wrong because it's always the wrong thing that happens. They're, they're prepared for all of these plans, but nobody ever said, excuse me, what happens when this shit over here blows up? Or, hey, excuse me, what happens when all these people over here drop dead? It's always kind of, uh, and, and remember with The Rock, we talked about him. We, cri- we criticized him when they had, uh, Kamala Khan and Biden had him come out and all he talked about in his endorsement was essentially how Kamala Khan. Huh? Kamala Khan? Kamala Khan. Oh. No, Kamala Khan. What's her name? The, the lady. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's funny here? It's Kamala Harris. You said Kamala Khan. Oh, yeah. I did fuck up there. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you knew where I was going. It was so bad, I couldn't ignore it, though. <laughs> but you didn't correct it either. You just kept repeating it. And I'm repeating it back, and I don't hear it wrong in my head either. I'm like, why does it... Yeah, I was like, why did it sound right when I said it? Harris. But when they did that endorsement thing, and he just basically talked about the trust and love of the people, and how it talks about a lot of trust and good feelings and shit. There was a red flag right there. Because it wasn't really any of their... Of, of, of any of the, the stuff that they had planned. It was just basically, hey, let's talk about the love that we all have. It's unbelievable, but no one's been able to resolve anything. And you know what the con thing's from? Yeah, hashtag it. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. I, that's why I was prepared. <laughs> you know what the con's from? Because we have the half of our thing is about cons on here. Yeah, you already know that, though, I'm sure. Like, there's more than one con on here, so I have con on the brain. Write it down. <laughs> like, I literally got on here a little late because we were getting the con stories together. But yeah, I don't really think that he should have been that hard on this guy. Who really knows how to run the damn country nowadays? He fucking sure doesn't. Who? Fucking uh, uh, mayor. Like he. Yeah, and and again, there are certain people that should not be on that list at all. But I mean, being well spoken definitely has a lot to do with getting over in politics more so than actually knowing what you're doing. So, again, I don't think the celebrity should run. I think that's a terrible idea. But at the same time, I just think that there's not like a better solution here. Are you happy with the way things have been going? bored of it at this point but i mean i mean they can't blame the president for everything there's been other fail safes in place and they all went to hell <laughs> right so you know again i just think they're attacking the poor rock here what are your thoughts i mean at this point i trust the rock before i trust a lot of people weak in that fucking office but no i'm kidding but yeah it's like i history hasn't exactly said there's been such a thing as a good leader where shit hasn't gone wrong so it's like it's almost at a point where it's like well, you think of something better. Give him a shot. It's almost this time. Right, it's like, well, it, give right? him a, let's give him a shot. Let him sit on the Iron Throne. You got fucking Biden there right now who can't fucking speak English. Like, fuck it. Just- hey, don't say that. There's more, you know, you're going to get heat. He speaks good enough English. <laughs> He's not good enough. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to make me walk into some shit, aren't you? <laughs> I really wasn't that time. I just didn't know. You really were, because you don't have to, I have to restrain any kind of sense of humor or satire <laughs> that might have been otherwise reserved. So you tried to have me step into shit twice now. <laughs> oh, shit. Y'all better get that shit Kamala Khan fucking trending, damn it. Con on the brain. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, so 
while we're talking about politics stuff, John Cena apparently has heat. Never thought I would hear that. Right, that's a phrase I didn't think could be said. Could, could be said, but I'll be exploding in the of dust. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, actually, maybe we should do this correctly since we don't get to do it very often. You know what I'm thinking, right? There is one it's guy. So- there's one guy that has foreign heat. And his name is John Cena. So what happened, man? What the I hell is this? Know. Let's see here. He called Taiwan a country during a promotional tour for Fast and Furious 9 when he was speaking to TVBS. Okay. Was that it? Like he called like that was the whole statement? Was it a shitty country or just country with no kind of like <laughs> it sounds like just country. Hmm. Well what they like to be called. A magical empire. <laughs> anyway, let me see. I don't want to step into shit here because that's usually what happens on here. So, yeah, there were people in China. Or obviously, if you know the politics here in regards to China, they wanted an apology. Did they actually demand an apology? Like, I'd like to hear them. wanted one or he just offered to give one or what? Because China doesn't acknowledge Taiwan's independence. But they are nonetheless right now. Like, if you were to say... This reminds me almost like the gender thing like that I'm falling into. Like, if we were to be statistical about this and just have facts, they are a country by definition, right? Like, they they operate independently of China yeah. currently. I'm not asking what China wishes that they did. What they You know what are. I'm saying? Because I wish I had a lot of money. Wishing doesn't make it so without the Dragon Balls in the lore that I at least believe in. <laughs> You know, so all I'm asking, and this is from, again, because I get accused of being left and right and all this other shit. I'm just asking based on just the facts as an indifferent, neutral person here. And at least from my perspective, I would think that they're a country and that at the end of the day, China doesn't like that. But what they don't like doesn't change the facts. right? Am I wrong about this? Like right now, does China have any power? over anything that's happening there i don't think they do right have they put anything in place that says everybody is to not acknowledge this as a country oh i guess they have no to answer your question yes it's called (laughs) we're not even going to get into that please when i yeah yeah, yes yeah they have but but the point is nonetheless they they operate independently you know what i mean well i don't expect to learn something new today okay they're a country yeah by definition they are a country it's just so awkward. It's almost like I feel like I'm missing something here. <laughs> right. I wonder what the explanation was to John Cena, though. I'd like to hear what they told him was the problem. It'd be almost more interesting than the apology itself. It's just so puzzling. I would love to hear the chat or anyone on demand's thing about this. Because it's the craziest thing like, like to have to apologize for that I've heard in recent time. And it's not even about the apology. It's about just basically keeping them happy over there at the end of the day, because obviously we have a lot of money. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, even though we weren't supposed to on that post show how, you know, we have scenes in movies that are basically catering to Japanese demographic. It's like in the Transformers movies, they'll just have a scene in China just for the fuck of it. Just poof, China, just so that we can have like the, just cater that demographic. So they want to be in all that money. They make a lot of, they make billions of dollars on the movies out there, including the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> ah. I see what you did there. Oh my god! Yeah, but it's just man, like I, I don't get it. Let's get into the apology first, because oh, I have it yeah. here. Have you seen it yet? 
I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, that's inconvenient. Uh, let's see if we got the damn transcript here. Of course he would be. Hi, China. I'm John Cena. I'm in the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews. Everyone was asking me if I could use Chinese. The staff of the movie gave me a lot of information, so there was a lot of interviews and information. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I'm very sorry. You must understand that I really love, really respect China and Chinese people. My apologies. See you. Okay. Um, first of all, John Cena doesn't believe what he's saying at the end of the day. Second of all, I don't believe that John Cena wrote this. I believe that somebody wrote this for John Cena. And I'll take this a step further and I'll say that even that person doesn't believe what they wrote for John Cena to say. But they're both saying it through John Cena because they have to. And the proof of this is when you look at the transcript here of what John Cena is saying, he doesn't say what the fuck he's sorry for. He doesn't correct the mistake. He talks about making a terrible mistake. But if you make a terrible mistake, the first thing people generally do is try to correct it. I'm very, very sorry. I said this and what I meant was this. Think about it, especially in today's cancel culture, snowflake world. Every time somebody's fucked up and said something, they've had to come back and clarify what they meant. And then that might prevent you from getting canceled. Suddenly, someone comes on here for the first time in all of the last two, three years that's made a terrible, terrible mistake. They don't even say what the mistake is and they don't clarify what they meant to say. Because they meant to say what they said. And they're hoping that to the, the regular people, to the muggles out there that are not reading their cheats or following news stories that see this, they're not going to know what Cena's apologizing for. Because like you, they're not going to get why he can't say Taiwan is a country. So they're hoping that this apology is enough that if you're in China, you'll pick up on what the apologies for if you were offended. But if this story's flown over your head, this also will fly under the radar. This was a very strategic, very political statement that was put out there. And he doesn't believe it, but I don't like the fact that he did it anyway. I can see by the thing that he is full of shit. Obviously, he doesn't, he doesn't believe what he's saying here. But I don't like the fact that he was forced to say it. And I get the money that's involved in everything like that. But the pandering and stuff here is a little bit ridiculous. So, <laughs> that is. Well, yeah, he has to apologize. You gotta apologize for everything now. I gotta apologize for saying I gotta apologize for everything now. Watch this. I'm sorry. I like that he ends it with my apologies. See you. Be like, no, we see right. you. Remember? That's how this works. We see you. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to share this uh, in the chat. So I'll have the bot put that out for you guys. And also on social media. I love that it says Cena bends the knee. Yeah, I have to put our own titles on stuff. I started realizing I don't like these headlines. So I, I usually tend to, if anyone's wondering, if you want to go back and you look at the headlines on there. Yeah, that's me. I think that ours <laughs> are more catchy. I take the time. <laughs> oh, okay. So John, that was so much pride. Yeah, John Cena bends the knee. So uh, obviously, this was met with public backlash. A whole bunch of public backlash here. A fuck and a half done. No public backlash. Megan Kelly said this is stomach turning. And uh, Tom Cotton called his move pathetic. And then uh, Senator Rick Scott said insane. In- instead of instead of kowtowing to the Communist Party of China, how about we stand up for our Democratic ally Taiwan as they face increasing threats of aggression from General Secretary? 
General Secretary G, she, I don't want to screw that up and now, you know. So and we gotta make apologies and shit. Yeah, so that they summarize it a lot of a lot of the ways in, in those comments that you're seeing there. They're basically saying, even though nobody wants to put it in that much of a vanilla and chocolate summary for you guys, if you believe that Taiwan is a country, then you're believing in the way the democratic system that we live in today works. However, if you see Taiwan not as a country, then you are believing in the communist way. That's the best way it can be summarized down to it. But the communist way has a lot more money over there. Am I making sense? Kind of. <laughs> I didn't know there was that much that went into it. It's not the country or not, but it's a country if you believe it's a country. Well, all right. It's like the Matrix. <laughs> CM Punk changed his Twitter bio. Now it just reads Taiwan is a country. Doesn't really say anything about CM Punk. He I'm sure you still know that it's his account. Now there's still, there's no question that it's his, still his account. But if you look up any information. It just says Taiwan as a country. So I don't know if you want to go by that. If you need a source, I, I'd, I'd rather point people to that. If that'll help if people be like, is it a country? I'd be like, well, you could check CM Punk's profile. <laughs> says it there. He says it's a country. He says it's a country. We have a conflict He's of opinions now. two records in UFC to back it up. No, Let's have him come back and fight John. Cena or That'd Jones. be great. That would be two huh? completely different kind of fights. What? You said John, and I was like, wait, Cena or Jones? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be two different kinds of places. Taiwan is a country. We should do that on the next voting poll. You know what? As a matter of fact, when's the next pay-per-view? Oh, my God. Let me look. Because I know what the hell is. I'm so pissed that a pay-per-view just passed. Because I'm going to put that on the polls. Along with the matches, I'm going to have is Taiwan a country, yes or no, on the voting polls. Right up there with the pay-per-view matches. See what the June community says. The 20th. That's too far. That's like 19 whole days. Right. The world could be blown up by then with the way things are going. Unbelievable. We'll see if we come up with something sooner. Anyway, Stephen Colbert of The Late Show had his team put together a YouTube video that essentially is a parody of what John Cena's translations were said. I'm going to warn you, it's a parody. Oh, I haven't seen the parody yet myself. Oh, God. Here oh, we go. Be terrifying. Star and former pro wrestler John Cena has touched off an international controversy. Cena apologized to the people of China after calling Taiwan a country during a promotional interview with a Taiwanese broadcaster. Taiwan is a country. I mean, it's it's an independent country. John Cena is not alone in Hollywood in towing that line. <laughs> Okay, the so late says, show has acquired the full apology. Okay, let's read their translation. Hello, China. This is John Cena. I wrongly said Taiwan is a country. Wrongly, wrongly, wrongly. Not only is Taiwan not a country, it's also not even a real place. It's like Zootopia. <laughs> which coincidentally made 220 million in China. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me started on Tibet. Always complaining, complaining, complaining about China. 
I will give Tibet something to complain about. Oh no. I call that the Dalai Lama. He slammed the Dalai Lama and they did the F5 to ask harsh. No. What? They did they did the CG, you saw that? That is fucked up. Yeah, I'll stand no. over here with Taiwan. We don't slam Dalai Lamas around. I'm with the baby faces on this one, man. That shit didn't feel right. That is a phrase I never in my life I never have to say. I didn't sign up for this with this podcast. I never even got to see Zootopia. I don't even get to reap the benefits of this nonsense. Anyway. Never forget the first, I'll never forget the first time I listened to this show on Tune, and I was like, man, I can't wait, and they, we can't wait to get in there and run a clip of John Cena A and the Dalai Lama. Yeah, that's right. Dreams come true, man. Dreams come true. There's someone listening on TuneIn just like you were years ago, and they probably don't want to be. They're like, man, I'm glad I'm not a little... <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite now. Like, so you know uh, what? I'll pass. JBL tweeted in defense of John Cena, saying John Cena has granted over six hundred make a wishes a record, um, supported cancer uh, research, rise above hate, blah blah, millions of his own dollars, racial equality. He's fought for tireless equality, an incredible track record, making the world better. I'll stand with this guy. And that's cool and everything, but I'd also have to say that John Cena was also very well paid for his time. You know, becoming John Cena doesn't suck. Like, don't think that being John Cena is shitty, if that's what they're trying to make. Like, standing with John Cena is probably easier than standing with most people, you know? I don't like when people try to make it seem like being them sucks when it doesn't. Like, poor, poor John Cena. The amount... He's sad because I'm not John Cena. Like, fuck. The amount of money and pussy he has to avoid... <laughs> they should make remember the old I was going to be my age remember the old Atari 2600 game Journey Escape they should remake it a Cena Escape oh my god if you ever played the old 2600 it was a game where you would have banned Journey you were Journey and you literally had to run from fans Spartan Jesus ain't shit this motherfucker will talk about some didn't JBL also beat up a bunch of Mexicans at the border no he chased them off <laughs> he only kicked one of them he just kicked one, gave one a little bit kick, and it was and and to be fair, it was it was a nudge in the direction opposite of the border. It was more like guidance. No, my favorite part, just that one. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when TV? Man, think about how desensitizing and people that it's hard for people. I think in our our eras, because uh, think about how desensitized you grew up, and then you know to have to muzzle certain things now. Like I didn't think twice about that when it happened. Like, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, my God. It was just like, yeah, he kicked him across the border because he's JBL. <laughs> you know, he's a heel. I think that's why that, I think that's why that clip is so funny now. I grew up from the same universe where we sacrificed daughters and fucking killed snakes. So, yeah, you know, kicking somebody back across the border was all right. He got away. I grew up, grew up in the same episode where it was a porn star, a pimp, and vampires on the same fucking show. You know, we fetched someone a poodle in an episode. We saw somebody fuck a corpse on one episode. Yeah, I'm still never understand that. Okay, you Vic, never forget. So, I, I don't know. I don't think that John Cena should be getting the amount of heat that he's getting, but at the same time, they shouldn't have had him apologize for that. That's a bit silly. And he should stand yeah. up for himself, too. You know, like, he should stand up for himself more than the money in this case. Like, that that's a real influential voice that he has right there. That's the kind of person who you want to say that Taiwan is a country. And unfortunately, he's not doing it. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of people are saying, would you have walked away from that? You're fast nine and you're, they're apparently going to make him into a, what the hell is that movie we were watching? Army of the Dead? Is that the one with Batista and the zombies? Yeah. Apparently they yeah, want to spin. Yeah, they want to, they said they want to make an expanded universe with him. Yeah. It's probably going to expand to China. So. Or the country of Taiwan. Oh, I don't know about that. I ain't apologize for shit for the record. So. Yeah, definitely don't know about that. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that we had that kind of shit happen, you know, where it's like basically this guy has to bend the knee, essentially, like we put in the video. Stace is a good thing he didn't say he was going to run for president. Yeah, can you imagine a good thing is The Rock? Good thing no one asked The oh, Rock what he thinks. Man. We should ask The Rock if Taiwan's a country. Someone tweet that to The Rock and ask him. I want to hear what a man says. <laughs> I almost wanted to do I almost like I hit the button. I was like, no, no, no. Don't do that. You know, what does a person have to say about this? <laughs> Not a fucking robot. I'm like, please let me know. But yeah, he definitely bent the knee. And I guess maybe until the sales, maybe later in the future, one day he'll clarify when the coast is clear, like most people do after their money's made. They'll come back and be like, by the way, I had a shitty time. Uh, we'll see so anyway we are going to talk about some stuff that's happened some other racist things that have happened recently as you guys know and we've played it on here quite a few times during dynamite if you're watching the fight tv version it doesn't cut to commercial the most it'll do is it'll cut to the logo on the screen that just says aew with the music playing and looping if they don't want you to see what's going on however and you guys have seen it, we've talked about it here. There have been times where we're on that screen, whoever's been on the commentary table has forgot to mute their mics. So what you essentially wind up with is the logo, and you can hear what they're saying between commercial. So this apparently happened on Dynamite, and uh, I don't even want to spoil this. Do you know about this? If it's one that I'm thinking of, I've heard of it. Okay, I'm going to try to get the translation at the same time. So this is the Spanish commentary table. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. You do? All right, good. This is the oh, Spanish commentary table right now. And I'm going to give you some translations. The first thing that you hear is, uh, this is Alex Abrahantes. And he's speaking to Willie Urbina. Is it Urbina? Urbina? Willie Urbina. Willie Urbina. So it's Alice Abrahantes speaking to Willie Urbina. Alice Al- Abrahantes says this. Hey, Willie, can I got Sheeta? So he says, Willie do Sheeta, basically meaning translate Sheeta's promo. And then this is what Willie Urbina does. <laughs> then the next thing you're hearing is Thunder Rosa. Let's go back a little. <laughs> And Thunder Rosa, she laughs and she goes, shut up. Holy crap. And then he goes. And then Thunder Rosa goes. She basically says, I'll throw this pen at you if you don't stop. And then Dasha, Dasha Gonzalez basically says, stop it. You're mean. Let's go back one more time and run it. Do Sheeta. Shut up. Holy crap. I'll throw this pen at you if you don't stop. Stop it. You're mean. She speaks English. I heard the part there. That wasn't in the translation. So, uh, that is fucked, right? Like, can you believe that? Right. 
like, first of all, not even funny. Second of all, that's fucked. Third of all, to be fair, he was doing more like of a Chinese stick imitation style accent for a Japanese person. Don't be a dick about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, if you base on Eddie Murphy's yeah, stand-up I mean, comedy or anything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, come on. You shouldn't do either, to be clear. Right. Either way, you're a dick. But you're a super asshole for not even getting the race right. Like, I know what you were going yeah, for, and I know what and I know what imitation you went with, bastard. So I'm not going to let that slide either. But, yeah, that was uh, that was messed up. I know Thunder Rosa got some heat for that, for that laugh there. Yeah, I mean, don't encourage the shit. What's your opinion on the laugh there? Because I've heard split things. Thunder Rosa oh. laughing and being like, well, let me see her, her exact part here. She says, um, she says, shut up. Holy crap. And that's after laughing. So let's, let's let me hear the. Uh... Oh, what are your thoughts? See, I know that laugh. That's the, oh, I thought it was funny. Shit. Let me tell him to shut up so I don't keep laughing. So I'm not still laughing when we come back on air. Some people say it's like a nervous laugh. Like she was uncomfortable. Like maybe it was an uncomfortable laugh. I don't know. I don't know. A situation like that, I would just not laugh. Like That's probably a better choice. Like nervous. There's, there's, well, there's a nervous laugh. And then there's a situation where you just don't fucking laugh. Like something. But yeah, that, that is fucked up. Like, yeah. No, like, holy really crap. As somebody who listens to a lot of stand up, if you if used in the proper context, racism is going to be a little bit funny. That's just not funny. That's just like I'm going to blatantly make fun of her. The fact that, I mean, we all know she does English isn't great, but she does speak it. So what warrants the joke? He was being an asshole, and it wasn't even funny. And, and it's like I'm sorry. At the end of the day, Georgia might not like it. Got to give Rosa some heat, too, for even laughing about the shit. Because nervous giggle or not, that shit's not fucking funny. <laughs> so you think that uh, you're not get, you're not cutting rolls any slack for the laugh? Oh no, not at all. Because mm. once you because here's my my thing about it, it might have not been just full blown like we do fall out on the fucking floor laugh. But even the giggle, it, at least in my head, tells me you found some kind of humor in it. That was it in between. That was on Dynamite. You know the fight version where they're in, in between commercials. I'll show you. I'll bring it up when you're on this screen during the Dynamite commercials and the fight version. The fight version doesn't get the T TNT commercials. They accidentally still had their mics unmuted. Hey, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she basically freaking. Yeah, Dasha said she speaks English. How mean. Yeah. And it's like if somebody. See, Dasha, I like the way Dasha, Dasha conducted herself there. Yeah, see, because she knows that's not funny. Whereas Rose is like, I'm going to throw a pen at you. Somebody say something like this. It's like, motherfucker, I'm going to kick you in your throat. Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. It's not like some cute little ha ha, you shouldn't say that. It's like, no, that's fucked up. Shut your mouth. Yeah, I didn't like that. It's it's different. Like I always said, there's a line of satire and some people don't know how to like walk it carefully. It's not hard to do. Like if you have a relatively competent sense of humor, you know how to walk that line. Yeah. Not cool, man. Oh, I'm sharing that to social media for anybody that wants to hear it. Trigger warning because uh yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. You gotta be careful. And also, come on, man. I don't think there's been a time in my life. 
doing this since 2014 that I've accidentally had my mic on or off when I shouldn't. I've had cases where maybe it's, and that's casually, like if I'm on a party or on a phone call, I realize something wasn't up. But when we're professionally doing something, for something like that to happen, like where's your head at? Those are the kind of seats we needed to hit the eject button on around here, if anything. Right. You know, because you have to have your wits about you in certain instances, <laughs> you know. So it's just weird to be able to have an entire conversation and not notice your mic. Especially with Renee. Renee's talked about it kind of like with my, uh, with my HyperX. Renee's talked about it as like a red live button right at the desk that you can't see, but she can see. I'm sure there's something like that there. There's always a way. There's an indicator that you should be attentive to. Right. You, you should have it set in place to where at any point in time you know whether you are muted or not. Like fucking my, my Skype screen is right in my field of view. If I, when I have to look, when I have to look from in front of me to the fucking stream, I literally look right past that button. Yeah, well, for me, it's hard. It now. I have a, I have a, for me not to know. Now I have a glowing red light in front of me, but it's easy because it's a soft touch to just, you know, turn it off when yeah. I need to, if I need to. But it's just so weird that they wouldn't have automatically known to do that. But at the same time, we're not going to justify this by saying that he got caught. Maybe it's good that he got caught. Right? Maybe yeah, they the were all at the... They, they were all on commentary. I don't know what they commentate for. If we know what the Spanish team normally does, then we'll know for sure if it was Dynamite. I'm assuming this was Friday Dynamite. It could have been a dark or something. Um, but I, well, I, mean, I think it was Dynamite. I said that banner said Dynamite, so it had to be. Because they have separate banners yeah, for all Yeah, that's the true. Things. And Dynamite's the only one that would have the Fight TV version. So, yeah, we, we answered yeah. our own question there. Well, that was very distasteful. And uh, they fired him really fast. Yep. I think like the, the next day. Yeah, like he gone. He's already pretty much no done. Apology needed. Sheeta doesn't do commentary. So yeah, there's no way that could have been Sheeta. No, he was asked to and translate. Realistically, you can tell this was before Sheeta was awarded her championship. Tony why Khan, would Sheeta make fun of herself? Tony Khan during that media conference said, I didn't think there was there was any excuse. I was not happy. Afterwards I heard what was said. And having our commentators involved with what was said about her who I also apologize to, I thought it was best for the company to make this decision. So he's done. Bye. That one cost him. Gotta be careful. Cancel culture sometimes around here. Justice is swift. <laughs> right. It's worse when you actually gotta get canceled for that shit. Don't look away. Father will know if you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, now he screwed a big time. That was the end of his career right there for that. But while we're talking about the media scrums, Cody Rhodes is someone else who has come up recently. And one of the reasons being, as we've spoken about the rumors in regards to what was the thing that happened with him, that he was having a fallout with everyone in AEW. Yeah, they they all hate like, him. Some, him and some of the elite weren't getting along. Oh, boy. All right. Well, at the Double or Nothing media call, Cody addressed this. So let's bring up that media call and let's see what the hell happened here. Maybe they can reconcile. Just bear with me, because I know it's not um, right at the beginning here. It's a little bit in. We're up next. I'm going to follow. No, it's, it's always right. No, it's not right at the start. There we go. Some rumors, uh, unsubstantiated so far, that you and other EVPs might not be on speaking terms. The Young Bucks made light of it on their bio, which you also retweeted. Is there anything you can lend to that? Is there anything that you can provide i mean is it true what what did you think when you heard that out there uh is, is there anything you can add to that well when i heard that that story was floating around it is one of the things i chalked up as we've been very successful AEW and with nxt 
uh, losing the Wednesday night wars that created a lot of anger. And I understand that there's a lot of hardcore NXT and WWE fans out there. And that's why those stories like that don't surprise me. I think people need to cling to something. And as sexy as that story is, I talk to Matt and Nick every day. Uh, I talk to Kenny very often. I support their projects fully. They've been supportive of all my projects. And we would not be able to put this show on the air. Uh, Tony's the man and Tony's the boss. Uh, but we would not be able to put this show on the air if the four of us were not functioning as one team. So we really, unfortunately, it's not very sexy to say, but uh, we're, we're, there's no truth to that. Um, again, we're one team, and now with us expanding on the TBS, we will remain one team. I had a feeling it was going to be nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's he hits the nail on the head, like, we know, like, of course, we, we've always talked about how critical we are of AEW on here. There's people who will say shit just to try to stir up bad shit about them. Yeah, make them unnecessary yeah. heat. They'll, they'll just try to, like, do anything to try to devalue them. Which, I mean, we know the Bucks make light of stuff all the time. So it's like, right when he, right when he says that, he, that Cody retweeted it, that's the nail in the coffin right there. Because why would Cody retweet that? It's like, if somebody's talking shit about you, you're not going to retweet it. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that was the confirmation when they did that. I think without even Cody retweeting it, just the buck putting that in their bio, like if they had any kind of heat, I don't think that they would have done that. For me, I think that yeah. right there was the point where I looked at it and was like, nah, I don't think that this is uh, this is going to be legit. Yeah. <laughs> so, But there is all kinds of other heat going on because apparently there was some tension as a result of, I think we spoke b- briefly about it last week, the entire situation with Daniel Bryan and where he wanted to go. If he didn't the week before, then the possibility of him going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, we were hearing that this new deal, according to PW Insider, in regards to Vince McMahon and WWE looking to uh, have some sort of an exclusive North American partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling stemmed from Daniel Bryan's interest in wrestling there. At least this is what the uh the sheets are reporting uh which is highly probable of this being that Mouse is quoted as saying something's going on and that he doesn't know how deep it is and he doesn't know what it's going to be and that he doesn't know if it's going to be finalized but that AEW doesn't want it to happen and that impact doesn't want it to happen and the new japan uh is in a weird state right now and that this isn't the first time that they the calls were made to new japan and that wwe's tried to work with other companies in japan and they've tried to buy many different companies in japan and they didn't succeed in doing so it's difficult to do in japan and the japanese companies don't want to sell to an american company so he's not entirely sure himself, but we do know, and I did hear, and I did see somewhat that over, uh, before Dynamite went on the air this past Friday, Tony Khan did one of his infamous promos with uh, freaking Tony Schiavone in regards to this situation, right? Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I did hear that he did one. Yeah, let's have a look here, fans. As we set to go live on TNT tonight with AEW Dynamite at ten o'clock Eastern Time, I introduce to you the CEO, the owner, the president of All Elite Wrestling and the Forbidden Door, Mr. Tony Khan. Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it, Mr. Shivani. And as we get ready to go live tonight on Dynamite on TNT, I just wanted to address, as the Forbidden Door, I read in the Observer today that New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently has had talks with WWE's president, Nick Khan. Well, Nick, I have to say, if you've been talking to New Japan Pro Wrestling for two months, you've gotten a lot done. But just in the last two weeks, I've had... Yuji Nagata, Ren Narita, and Rocky Romero on AEW. 
I've reunited Rapungi Vice. I've had the New Japan IWGP US champion, John Moxley, defend the title successfully on our show, retaining it. And I have future plans with New Japan Pro Wrestling for the US title. So you must have really gotten a lot done in the two months, Nick. In fact, I think there's only room for one con in the wrestling business, Nick. And it's me, it's Tony Khan. It's not some con man from Connecticut. Have a fun show tonight, Nick. Con man. I see what you did there, con man. You know what my favorite part of this promo is? I love the fact that after he said that there's only room for one con, he felt the need to clarify that he meant him, not the other con. You know, like, I'm on my team. Like, look, listen to the part right here. (laughs) I love promos because of this, but I just didn't expect it to get it from an owner. So you must have really gotten a lot done in the two months, Nick. In fact, I think there's only room for one con in the wrestling business, Nick. And... It's me. It's Tony Khan. It's not some. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case you thought it was you. Just in case you're wondering which con I'm for. <laughs> I need you to know that it's me. I'm the con that's the only one that's going to be there. <laughs> that was the best part of the whole thing. Yo, he would make. I hear they're going to remake fucking Highlander. He would make one badass immortal. Can you imagine him? What there thing? can only be one, and it's me. I'm that guy. The one with the sword. You're kneeling. I have the sword. I'm going to behead you because there can only be one, and it's me, Tony Khan. And then he chops <laughs> off your head. <laughs> Picks up the head, whispers into the ear, me, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was It great. was me. It was me all along. I was the guy under the hood. That was me walking up the ramp in that hood there. One of the druids, Tony Khan. (laughs) (laughs) That was was great. That promo was so extra. That may have been my new favorite that he's done. Does Nick Khan even understand anything about how this whole business that he's in works aside from on the corporate structure? Like he's somewhere watching that shit. And like you're just surprised, you know. It can only be one con. Me. Tony what was the What was the first name I had you write down? I don't even remember it now. Con on the brain. Con on the brain. Was that it? Yeah. <sighs> Holy shit! <laughs> that was fucking great. I'm that con. I'm motherfucker going to be the Highlander. I'm motherfucker going to be the Conlander. This is better than the time that there were two Hebners in 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 fucking wrestling. That. You know, because like, wow, who would have thought that we want to put two companies and be this one con that's going after the other con, and he only wants there to be one con left? <laughs> that's better than anything they've booked. To the Conda Dome, two cons, you know, one con leaves. Yeah, and, and the and, and our con has and our con has a spare Tony. Wow. Mind blown, right? Holy the two Tonys. <laughs> you always Yo, need a good Tony. Was, oh, I think he wins. That motherfucker said my con has a spare Tony. Why was he so mad though? Damn. <laughs> I love that he said I, I I I heard on the Observer. Like he 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 hears on the Observer like us. You know, Tony Khan's one of us. He he really feels like one of us now, right? Like you heard this that shit on the Observer too. Fucking money. Just like me. I hear stuff from the Observer. But really, I hear things from the sheets. Not because I don't want the Observer, because there's a lot of stuttering Melser stuff. I feel like I'd be here longer than I already am. <laughs> like, I'll read it rather than hear it. 
Yeah, I'll listen sometimes. I'll listen sometimes, you know. Take like a really, really strong fucking bong head, and then you can hear Melissa properly, you know. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, I (laughs) don't even bother to grind it down, just eat the leaf, just chew it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Like, oh, I'm man. listening to me, a crunch. Oh, man. I'm the con. Con! We need William Shannon now. Con! Oh. How don't we have that? God. Why don't we have... As much as we talk about him and every time we run those fucking impact promo things, like... You know what? Well, we're in we're in freaking 2021. I can... We always talk about making things that we never do. I should just make the button right here. Right. Fuck it, right? You know, just be like, look, we're going to make a William Shannon screaming con button. Because we're gonna need it for tonight, you know. Like we don't have time to wait another day for this. The cons are in battle now. Exactly. Con mania, goddammit. Call of Duty Black Ops Con War. Yeah, I'm looking for it now. They're like this bastard <laughs> is gonna stop the whole show to look for a con button. <laughs> You're goddamn right. And we ain't seen it. We ain't apologizing for shit. You know what it is? All the ones that they have are like long. It's like him selling it and shit. I just want like just that laugh. Ah! You know, <laughs> the con. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to get my own. These are way too long. I like making my buttons are nice and tight. You know the timing of my buttons. So I don't know what oh, it is with these people, and they don't know how to do shit properly. I have to do it all myself. It's ridiculous. So Tony Schiavone then tweets, and he goes, "If anyone watches that video and still claims Tony Khan can't do promos, then you know that the person is full of shit." That was one take, by the way. Watch Dynamite Live on TNT tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. The fans are back here tonight. Plus, it's double or nothing on pay-per-view this Sunday. There's only one con, not Shao or Kotal and not Kamala. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the only thing that would have made that better. Fucking Mortal Kombat popped up right after he said that shit. So Shivani likes it. He thinks that that was a great interview. What do you think of of, of uh, Tony Khan's Damn, promo? Tony went the fuck in, but... I always could every time Tony's ever done that, whenever it's been here or impact, I always get a kick out of it because I, I love how into it he gets. I, I hate to say it. this, but every time I see him, he seems more and more like a heel Doesn't than he? last time. It seemed at first like he was just the owner and he said he'd never be a personality. And now he seems like a heel, but I'm enjoying it. Like I'm, I'm interested in, in exploring this more. He's genuinely investing his time into making sure he gets it right. As much as everybody else is, oh, 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 he's getting more and more involved. Why am I so in- interested in this? I want to see what it's like. So far, I like it. Right. I don't like, have any he seems like he could I, be we, like. We've had, we had the McMahons up our asses for, what, two straight years? I think we'll be okay with a little bit of Tony Khan. Yeah. I'm completely amused by it so far. Like, it's like it's there's amazing. so many shitty things going on. Like, this is perfect. I could see him in a heel stable and it working really good. Why is everyone so oh against that? Right. Like, he's really mean when he wants to be. Like, he shit it all over Impact better than I've seen anybody do while, oh, while promoting them. He was the best part of Impact every fucking week. You know, I think that it's really well done. I want to see more of this. Wish everybody would stop back. I like, 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 it, like what Sparty said. He said um, he likes the heel con because it isn't just shoved down his throats like like shoved down our throats like the command were. Yeah, and he, I think that even if it starts to... Tony all the time. And even if it expands a little, if it's good, who cares that, he, that he's the owner? So, uh, Jim Cornette also had an opinion in regards to, uh, what this promo was like, and he was pretty positive about it. No, he wasn't. Of course he wasn't. The other con, the smaller con, reacted, overreacted, 
highly to this news. Did you see the promo that Tony Khan did with Tony Schiavone? Well, you're referring to this promo that is just, uh, as of we're recording yesterday went up. Now we've seen these Tony Khan promos with Tony Schiavone from impact. Because remember when we said, see, he's an on-air character, people said, no, not on AEW, on Impact. He's an on-air character. He's doing these little commercials. This time it was not on Impact. It was just put out there for everyone for, to me, no good reason. But what well, did you it, think? It, it was on the AEW Twitter uh, account that they they put it out there because it, it was not on the television program, at least, although with some of the other things they had on this program, I don't know, they could have included this too. It wouldn't have been any worse, but there is, t- and read the comments on anything that you see. There's Tony Schiavone standing there looking halfway professional and also having about 40 or 50 pounds on old Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's got his arms crossed and he's energetic. Let's say he's very amped up. And he sounds like a kid in his basement offended because someone raided his fantasy league of some of its play wrestlers. And he says, I read in the observer this morning. I mean, I'm just imagining Vince McMahon or even Nick Khan or any responsible grown adult wrestling promoter ever doing this promo. But he read in the Observer that there was New Japan's talking with the WWE. Well, he's the forbidden door. He's had all this. He's responsible for everything. What have you done, uh, WWE Nick Khan? I just had Yuji Nagata on my TV program, and I reunited the fucking Hassenpfeffer kids or the Katzenjammer kids or whoever he was talking about. I don't fucking know. And rattling off all the things that he's had to do with New Japan. It was me, me, I did this. It sounded like that fucking Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck cartoon where it belongs to me, 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 me. It's not yours, it's mine. And he's, he's unhinged. And he's, and then proceeded to finish up by calling Nick Khan a con man from Connecticut. If I was these guys and I knew that, okay, Nick Khan, he doesn't know anything about the wrestling business. He hadn't been involved in the wrestling business. He's got no preconceived hatred or notions for anybody. So let's just needle him and piss him off. What fucking morons. They couldn't stand up to one of Nick Khan's farts if he would have fart in their general direction as a wrestling company. And they're going to try to piss this guy off. But it just, it's embarrassing. This guy is supposed to be the boss. And I tweeted this and I say it here verbally. It sounded like a kid doing a promo from his basement talking about his wrestling figures. And it's embarrassing that this is the fucking guy that's supposed to be the boss, although he's bossing no one, which is why this thing is such a shambles because everybody's doing what they want. But holy Christ, I, if I was him and I was in that in love with that new Japan deal, I'd keep my head down because Nick Khan, if he wanted to, if this guy's a guy who even bothers to listen to Tony Khan or anybody in AEW and they pissed him off, he could make a deal with new Japan tomorrow. If he wanted to, that they would say, shove it and fuck you to every other company in America. So I wouldn't encourage that. I'd just. Toodle along my merry way if I was Tony Khan. 
Well, yeah. valid points there, Jim. You know, they don't want to make enemies they don't need to make, you know? You don't want to have a, the Lannister send their regards type situation here. <laughs> yeah, no. But coincidentally, did you hear about the match that WWE posted right around the time? What was this that they did this on? Um, this was probably the day before Double or Nothing, and I have been itching to talk about this one because I noticed Jim never brings this shit up. I don't know if it's that Hall of Fame ring or what, but... uh. Okay, let me bring this up here. So this is, uh, what is this match? You want to care to tell anybody what this is? Basically, as we know, Britt Baker had her, I believe this was her first shot at the world title, and was the women's championship, double or nothing. Day before, an old Nia Jax match comes up. Now, this was at that period of time when she was just running through jobbers. Just happened to be a particular lovely young lady in yellow. That lovely young, yet lovely young lady in yellow just happened to be our new women's champion, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. So let's jump ahead a little bit in this video. It's only a minute anyway. This is one of this is this is Nia's debut match, right? Yeah, this was Nia's first uh, main roster, roster main which, roster oh, debut. Before we even run it, I love how I saw a fan online trying to defend this by like, "Oh, it's celebrating the anniversary of her of her ring debut." Well, she debuted in July, so try again, Mark. Devastating, dominating, two of the words that have been used to describe Nia. Powerful as well as you get an example of here. Just driving Britt Baker into the corner. Get her out, come on. Get her out. Hey, come on. Oh, wow. Come on. Just collapsing Baker to the mat. Ouch. So, yeah, they shared this out. I'm assuming on Twitter they shared this out. They must have reshared it because people are saying they posted it. And no, this upload is four years old. And they do have it listed as Nia Jax versus a local talent. They don't even say it's Britt Baker. Now, I don't know four years ago if that's what they put on there. I don't know if they, because people are like, oh, a local talent. You know, how could they do that? Maybe four years ago, if anyone can bring confirmation to me that it used to say Britt Baker and then they renamed it. At the time, she would have just been a local talent. They didn't really give anybody names during these things when they had these little squash matches. But if they yeah, did share it out, they specifically said Britt Baker on commentary, right? But did they share that, this the out? Kind of weird about it they can we conf- say names since the video is four years old on their YouTube account? Can we confirm that they shared this out Saturday, like on their social media? Because I didn't see it, but I'm not saying they didn't. Yeah, I want to see if I can see because I know this was shared at least maybe a day or two before Double or Nothing. If you saw it on Twitter, then yeah, they did it, and that's probably a jab at her. You know, if it'll make everybody feel better, we'll we'll, we'll put some, as, as Desto said, we'll put some respect on her name. So, look, we'll put this shit out right now. Look, AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker versus Nia Jax. Oh there. God, wouldn't that be some shit if they put the whole thing out there and just say, hey, WWE Women's like, no. Just to show that she used to be a jobber, which at the end of the day, not for nothing, but Britt Baker actually uh, recently tweeted out a split picture of her on one side sweeping the fucking ring at an indie show and on the other side holding up the AEW Women's World Championship. So, I mean, it doesn't really sound like or come across as somebody who's ashamed of where she came from if they're trying to say she was a jobber. She was a jobber on Raw. If that's the disgrace that they're trying to put on her, hey, she shared out a picture of her cleaning the fucking ring. I saw it earlier. Before that point. (laughs) That's not even in the news. That's a shoot. Like, that literally, I was just scrolling and I just saw Britt Baker just happen to shout out a picture of the show and it was on one side. It was her in regular clothes 
cleaning the fucking ring, like sweeping around ringside with a big, you know, one of those big brooms that you have. Oh yeah, one of those ones you see people sweeping the aisles. Where it's like a, where it's like a long ass brush that you would go down the hallway with. She was on ringside doing that shit. So yeah, you know, I get this is no shame where you came from. No, no, not at all. Everybody had to start here eventually. So I hope they didn't bring that out as a thing to uh I also heard rumors that it was when was Britt's birthday because I heard it was it was her birthday or something when they released this or see, uh, or some someone's birthday I don't know so many different conflict I mean, stories with this Britt, kind of stuff Britt and Niles because maybe the excuse is that it was Niles birthday I'm trying to figure out whose birthday they were saying that this was released on let me take a look not definitely not Britt's because hers her birthday is in April and let's see about Naya Naya's okay now Naya's is May 29th. So it is possible, that if that's the defense that being, that's being used, that this was released on Nia's birthday. But what is this, though? Is this Nia's debut Raw match for sure? Um, let me, yeah, let me see who her very first opponent was. Because for Nia's birthday, what did they do? Just release a random video for beating up Britt Baker? Then that's suspicious. So we can figure out that this might have been released on Nia's birthday. We have half an excuse now. Is the match a milestone is the other part. Is there just like happy birthday, Naya? Fuck you, Brett. Um, hmm. If some of the things I'm seeing is true, it looks like yeah, it's like that might have been our very first Raw match. All right. Unfortunately, they might get away with this one, man. Like, but we know that they had to have thought that through, though. Like, sure, but nonetheless, Naya's had, it... Naya's had other birthdays. Why not upload that any other birthday? That that's that's the thing that kind of has it with me. Why do you pick? her birthday that just happens to line up with when Britt's going to challenge for a championship. I mean, if you want us to be a real dick about it, though, you could be like, well, why did they choose for Britt to challenge for a championship for Nia's birthday? <laughs> I'm not going that wow. route. There's no way of cooking. You had to reach for that one, didn't you? <laughs> She's part of the Samoan dynasty. Have some respect. Oh, you stupid. How dare you put Wait, a pay-per-view yeah. on her birthday? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, it, it would be cool always to throw that out on somebody's birthday just that oh one God. and it just so happens to, like, wait a minute it's her birthday oh but Brit's challenging for the world title let's show this one time when Nia kicked her ass but it's like even then it backfires because it's like look what few years ago she was getting her ass kicked in a one minute match by Nia Jax years later she's about to challenge for a championship in front of the first full capacity crowd in like a year and a half and I talked to Nia earlier she told me being different opens up my window for dominance in this women's division. And a leg drop. And that should do it. Maybe not. Nope. Oh, this is one of those. Oh, that's even worse. Oh, and a Samoan headbutt. And then a second finisher, man. She had the F times two. Yeah, that was a rough one, huh? That was one of those finishes where you hit them with your finish and then pick them up off the mat and hit them with a second one, right? <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oh, gotta start somewhere. Yeah. But, but yeah, some people. <laughs> but when you consider where those two are at now, pretty sure Brick came off a lot better for that ass woman. Maybe that yeah, was Britt a response to. Championship and Nia's distracted by Dick. Maybe that was the response to there can only be one con. They were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Baba Booey. Well, here's some jobbers that we used to have in our company. Translation, somebody else who escaped. So at the AEW Double or Nothing 2021 Media Scrum, 
Tony Khan was asked about this, and uh, this is what he had to say. Why did you feel the need to cut the promo you did on Nick Khan and WWE about New Japan? I talked to New Japan and they, I asked them if they thought it would be a good idea and a good promo, and they thought it was great, and I thought it would be a great <laughs> promo, and so it made sense, and it was you know, a big weekend for us, so it's true. And we have a lot of stuff going with New Japan, and everyone's welcome to talk to each other in the wrestling business, but we've done some great stuff with New Japan in the last few weeks, and I think we're going to do a lot of great things going forward from everything we Talked about so I'm excited about it. At least he got permission from New Japan. I found that interview a little bit weird. Yeah. It was like I got permission permission from New Japan and yeah, we're gonna have a good time and do a lot of good wrestling stuff. We're gonna have a good wrestling time. Hey. Cause there can only be one con. It was like an evasive <laughs> it was it was like he answered, but it was somewhat of an evasive answer there. You know. But yeah, I thought the promo was kinda weird, you know? Like I kinda feel like he's just on a all drink the same kool-aid over there you know like it's interesting but be that character on your own show don't don't direct it towards wwe and and that other con guy that nobody knows right i you beat me to it i was about to be like that con that i didn't even know existed which uh i guess that brings us to the big story of the evening which is wwe in itself uh this is the big picture of what's happening here essentially because uh we're hearing the WWE fired over 60 people. WrestleNomics was saying they fired Susan Levinson, which was the senior vice president and head of WWE Studios, who's been with the company since this past March of 2019. Executive producer on uh, the Netflix film main event, the Legends biography specials, the Big Show show, the Most Wanted Treasures, and Rumble. So uh, they cut her off. And uh, we're also hearing that... Uh, PW Insider reported that the reason why this is being done is because a whole bunch of these divisions are being folded together under one new division and that the new division... You know what? You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, here we go. (laughs) Thank you, Moss Sauce TV. The new division... Oh, that's my co-worker, Lee. What's up, man? Hey. What's going on? The the, the new division will be uh, overseen directly by Kevin Dunn. So uh, this is the reason why this is going on. And this is the reason why they're cutting people off, because a lot of these divisions are being folded within themselves. Uh, so so that's pretty crazy. Ain't that a bitch fucking old Kevin Dunn running the bitch? Ain't that some shit? Yeah. And they said that this is basically a ripple effect that was expected throughout the company. Uh, so what division are they talking about that's going to be run by Kevin Dunn? They're basically saying that a whole bunch of these divisions. So we're not really even sure what it is. We don't know what this new division is going to be. You know, that's such a blatant, uh, that's just like a bland statement, like a bunch of shit's going to be run by, by what? Like, yeah. And 60 people, that is a lot of people to cut off. And there's a lot of people that are in shock about the fact that there's been so many releases on, in such a short period of time. Like you, know, they because did we, shit. you know, the bad part is I almost wish I was, but at the same time, like I'm not. And it's more annoying that I'm not, because as with all these releases, none of them were necessary. Well, it's starting to look like they actually were because what's going around and this is coming from Melser and Wrestling Observer as well is it almost sounds like they're preparing to sell the WWE itself and it's really starting to look that way. Uh Melser's quote is saying there's going to be there's going to be people with more work but they wanted to cut the headcount down because they're trying to increase their profitability and that's um if they're trying to set the thing up for sale that's a good thing to do. So keep that in mind. 
they don't want to have as many people as employers so that it looks better numerically if someone's looking at buying the company as some sort of a incentive you can say well look we don't have a lot of employees you know and things like that so they're they're thinking of selling at least this is what's going around they're thinking of selling this company they fired the 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 vice president pw insider well according to to sean ross sap he was saying that uh some executives and top employees also got fired. PW Insider was saying that Brian Pelagato was one of the people that was fired. He was the senior vice president of production, and he's been there for nine years. So uh, he's someone who's gone. You know, uh, Mark Carano, who we know he got released over the Mickey James trash bag thing. They they hired back John Cohn, who was part of the cuts, and they gave him Mark Carano's old job. So he was essentially promoted and restored. So that's who's going to be there. So they're really restructuring everything that we're talking about here like it's not just one or two things what's his name um josiah williams remember him josiah williams was done not only a lot of stuff with nxt i know he has on his youtube channel he's done even versions of a lot of people's songs he got cut again josiah williams is the guy who did freaking uh cameron grimes music yep he did cameron grimes music um I believe the takeover when Adam Cole won the NXT title, he did that remix of his song. Yeah, he yeah. he's done a lot of shit with them. They cut him loose. They've been firing their music people left and right, and the music quality's been diminishing as a result of this. Which is kind of funny that they fired him, and he actually uh he did um Sean Spears' music. Yeah, they got rid of uh they got rid of Giancarlo Detamo. Basically, this was the uh. He was part of WWE Studios and Digital Development. He was with them since 2018. Uh, he was the one who directed uh, Live Forever and I guess other documentaries like that. They got rid of him. So it sounds like a restructuring when you really look at it. Yeah, it um, sounds like they're changing up for something. But I mean, we've heard, we've heard talks of them trying to sell before. So it's like... Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not even sure with this company anymore. Yeah, the no, last time they fired a ton of people, they weren't trying to sell. So it's like, what makes this time any different? Yeah, well, there's definitely a difference. You know, like we're seeing things being done. You know, we're seeing changes being done across the board. You know, at one point we're hearing that uh, they promoted a referral fee program for uh, the employees to recommend people to the company to hire. And this was before they made the huge cut. So it's like on one hand, they're telling you, you know, refer your people if you have people who you want to do these jobs. But on the other hand, they're letting people go. You know, maybe they want people under cheaper rates. Saving that money. Yeah, definitely. So it's been pretty bad. And with that, our boy Adnan Verk is gone. (laughs) I don't think that has to do with the cut so much. It has to do with him being somebody who sucks. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm about to do some shit in real time right now. Because I remember messaging you about that shit. Yes, I remember now. Because you, you, we were like, wait a minute, is this an old message? Like, since the last time we were on air, he got let loose? Like, yeah. Shit was so fucking funny. It's like, he's been, he literally, I think I think somebody uh, got an exact count. He had, well, he had seven episodes. He was on seven Raws, and they said, nah, now we're right now. Seven weeks with Adnan Verk. It was like seven years of just shit. You know, Eric Bishop has 83 weeks. Now he can have seven weeks. He'll have his own podcast, his own podcast seven weeks, and only seven people will listen to it. Unbelievable. 
Are you going to miss Adnan? I enjoyed him, man. I enjoyed his his how weird he was. <laughs> I was waiting to see what you enjoyed. <laughs> like, he just didn't seem to know what the hell he was doing at any point. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, not going to miss him. I don't I don't need a guy on there. Like, it's worse than Adam Lee. Like, I don't need a, need a guy on there who has clearly never been in front of a TV with a mic before. Like, he at least tweeted, with Adam Lee, he'd been on American Gladiator, so he half knew what he was doing. Yeah. He tweeted out, thanks to WWE for a wonderful opportunity. The weekly travel along with my other jobs was a grind for me and my family. I'm grateful to everyone at the company, especially w, especially Graves and Byron Saxon, for being such fantastic teammates. And then he received an offer uh, for... Uh, cam soda which although you might be thinking that's the webcam site for porn it is but they also promote fight circus which is a fight promotion in thailand and they're going to be doing their third show this june 19th and they offered him fifty thousand dollars to do a play-by-play for that show and it's going to have a two-on-one battle between uh who is this it just says a ufc veteran and some other people so who are the people that we're going to have UFC veteran and inexperienced brothers and Bob Sapp's going to be um, captaining the, the inexperienced brothers. It's going to be MMA oh, fighter, IWD God. champion. Oh, yeah. oh, Bob. Oh, that means all they're going to know how is they get take is they get taken down and then tap to avoid the strikes. Oh, ouch. I'm telling you, man, that's all Bob Sapp's known for nowadays is either getting really tired in the first 30 seconds or tapping to the strikes. Yeah, so this is what Virk was offered. Whether or not he takes it, that's to be seen. But we're hearing that the release was mutual, you know. They, but they were going to fire him even if he didn't want to go. So it was mutual, but he was leaving. Yeah, I'll let you go. You kind of suck. Yeah, I'm not good at this. Bye. Yeah, so these are all drastic changes that are being done, and they're being done because of the fact that WWE itself, uh, it might be up for sale. This might be it. It's definitely possible. They actually had a meeting. They had a reassurance meeting after this. Like right after they did this, they had a meeting with power players. It was it was said to be status quo. Uh, there was a it, there was a mandatory meeting for all employees, um, and they basically told them that they wanted everyone to get back into their offices by July six, and that they weren't requiring anyone to get vaccinated, but that those who aren't vaccinated would need to wear a mask. So uh, and uh, they also held this meeting to let employees know that they're not going to be cutting any more staff. That was the end of it. So they cut the exact amount that they wanted to cut. They did what they wanted to do and they wanted to assure everyone that this was it. So whatever their plan is doing, either they're done or they just want everybody to stay cool before they cut more people. You can all unclench. Yeah, so they're giving you little reassurance meetings to let you know that you're all still a happy family. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me, remember Negan's right-hand man, Simon? One of my favorite moments in Walking yes. Dead is uh, when he grabs Simon by the fucking throat and chokes him to death. Story, spoiler alert. And he's on the floor in front of all of the other saviors and is watching this guy like struggling and squirming and the guy's like dead. And Negan looks up and he looks around and he looks at everyone and he's just like, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit was so Negan, you know. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I was like, what a nice breaker that was. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, of all the first thing you say is you just murdered a man. What an asshole. What an asshole. I didn't like him anyway. Fuck it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was a piece of shit. 
that's sort of what they did they executed a whole bunch of people and they were like all right but the rest of you guys are cool that guy those guys were assholes but one person who's not an asshole is nick khan huh nick khan's climbing the ranks while we got tony khan over here taking shots and shit no bullshit man you know nick khan's climbing the ranks right Mm -hmm. yeah we're hearing that uh he's basically well first of all he got that seven figure payday to wwe for being the person who spearheaded that zombie shit that you guys didn't like and uh basically they said that a lot of these people that were fired like a lot of the major international office staffers it was done so that nick khan can have a tighter grip on the company so and that this is another display of his growing power and he's going to be personally overseeing those offices in order to keep them in closer alignment with wwe headquarters in the states so he took over most of the international shit with nick khan so well mm-hmm. so next and, month it's gonna be werewolves and with that according to the dirt he purchased a 7.6 million dollar home in california that's the second home by the way this isn't the main one this is just like this is like you know west coast avengers how they had a base but it wasn't with like all the stark industry <laughs> shit. this is like that he has his own west coast avengers as well as his own regular avengers he's that badass so and in case you want to see what that home looks like, I think they provided pictures here, too. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Nick Khan house. What do we got here? Oh, look at that. Beautiful. Look at all that WWE money. Ooh. Right? Let's look at another one. I'm salivating over here. Ooh, look at that. That's what Nick Khan's house looks like. <laughs> and uh, that's because... Yeah, so that's in case he's ever on the West Coast. So he could live in two places. 7,945 square feet, five bedrooms, seven bathrooms, 40-foot swimming pool, outdoor kitchen, and a pudding green. Gotta have one of those. Always gotta have that pudding. (laughs) His sister is one of the showrunners of Young Rock, and she bought a $5 million home in Hollywood Hills. So the cons are doing good, man. One of the fancy bitches. Yeah, it's a good year to be a con. Or to run one. <laughs> oh, boy. And among these changes, what we're hearing now is that WWE is also changing direction in regards to what they are looking for. Uh, they are no longer looking for the indie-style talent that AEW is. We are now hearing that they're looking, looking for younger, bigger guys. So, And apparently, this has happened once in the past. Years ago, when they wanted to, uh, I guess, do damage to Ring of Honor. Once Ring of Honor started picking up momentum, they changed their directive to look for younger, bigger guys. Because at the end of the day, when you, if you're a fan or a casual, you look at in contrast, you're watching Raw and you see these big, muscular guys that stand out versus these smaller guys everywhere else. It it makes it a difference, at least in their eyes. That being said, their new directive is to look for big, strong dudes now. So that's another way that the company is going to be leaving or changing rather. Impact has actually reached out, just like we talked about last week, to the people that were released. We don't know who's answered or whatever, but they've re- reached out to all of these people to see what was going on there. We'll get you a push and pudding snacks. Mm-hmm. And from what is being reported, Tom Phillips was released, but it had nothing to do with the sweeps. We don't know why, but we just know that this was a, an unrelated release. It had nothing to do with the firings that have been going on. He's he was on OnlyFans. 
he was on Friday's episode of 205 Live, which was his last ever appearance. So something happened there. We'll keep you updated on that one. He's going to start an OnlyFans called Face Fucking Phillips. But it is starting to look like they're preparing for some changes. They're doing something. Yeah. They're, they're revving up for something different. And so far, every time we've said that, we've come on here a week later and it's been all mayhem. <laughs> While well, strapping boys and girls. Yeah, no, I have a feeling with this one because, man, the structure of the landscape is really changing. And I even heard Conan talking about a little, and I have to agree, the styles have changed drastically, too. Where it's like WWE seems to be trying to capitalize on having bigger, stronger guys, and they seem to be working a stiffer, rougher style in a different way from the indies. Like the dangerous that's inherent is in the indies because of the high-flying spots. They just seem to be laying in and, like, potatoing each other, you know, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend, but... And then, believe it or not, yeah, believe it or not, it is safer in a lot of aspects. You know, we'll have to see what happens there. So last week we talked about Buff Bagwell, who he had like he had like what five stars in GTA in real life GTA. (laughs) Five and a half. Yeah, they said according to BW Insider, they said that uh, he has two open cases in Cobb County, Georgia, uh, May twenty second arrests, and then he has one from August sixteenth that hasn't been closed yet, Uh, and uh. He has a hit and run, failure to yield, entering an intersection, speeding, driving with a median, driving on the wrong side of the road. We talked about these. Duty upon striking a fixed object, driving under the influence. They said that uh, he lost control of his 2013 Chevrolet Tahoe, and uh, he, while following a curve in the road, he struck a center median and a metal fence inside the median. Then he started driving towards oncoming traffic before he his car hit the curb next to the bus station. He was transported to Wellstar, Kenstone Hospital in Marietta, Georgia, with serious injuries. The announcement noted that investigators believe Bagwell was impaired by prescription medication during the collision. He suffered a broken right hip, broken ribs, broken left eye socket, a torn groin, and bruising. Alcohol is really rough, huh? That like uh, shit. Damn. He has a July 22nd court date for those charges. And, uh, yeah, he got released on $14,000 bond. So, shit. Well, during a drive, kids, don't do it. And, uh, believe it or not, after that, he went on Facebook and released a video. The fuck? <laughs> I love doing live. Because live just is live. You can't do it no other way. I am buff. I am the stuff. And the girls just can't get enough. But Saturday, June 19th, from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m., you can come see me, Buff Bagwell, at Big D Flea Market at 3451 Cleveland Highway in Dalton, Georgia. The best part of this is you will get to hear my side of the story that everybody's been talking about. There's only two people that know the truth. And guess who those two people are? God and Buff Bagwell. Boom Promotions got very, very smart and are going to let me tell my side of the story. So, I hate to interrupt you, but how is he standing? Did we read did we read the right injuries about the right guy? Right, like he's just standing up, just all normal and shit. What the fuck is going on here? Hey, anyway, let's continue. If you want to hear 
the truth about the incident. On May 22nd, come to Big D Flea Market, and I will be there from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. telling the absolute truth. Anybody that knows Buff Bagwell knows I tell the truth, whether it's good or bad. And I'm telling you, I'll be doing that. So, if you want information on this, you need to get on it. It's a number. It's a good number. It's 423-504. We're live. <laughs> the phone just rang and we're live. But listen to me. You can call 423-504-6461 and get your tickets while they last. So I'm telling you, bro, this is going to be hot. It's cool. And I want you to know, honest to God, this has been the biggest deal that's happened to me in a long, long time. And I want to thank every person who prayed for me, cared for me, and actually gave a crap about me. Not the ones, not the haters, the ones that really, really cared about Buff Bagwell. I want to say thank you so much. So come out and talk to me and get to meet me one-on-one. -on -one. And then make your judgment on what you feel. You know, like we did a minute ago with it live. My phone ain't rang in five hours that it rang. That's the way my life is. And that's okay. But come out and check it out. Come meet me. And but listen to this. Without the fans, there's absolutely no buff. And there's absolutely no wrestling. Because the fans make everything happen. Without you guys, there is no buff. There is no. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And just come out, and I promise you, you will see and hear everything you want to hear. So once again, it's on June 19th in Dalton, Georgia, baby. So come out and get ready to have some real fun. Boom! Okay. Heal fast. Right. He knows all the George said he fucking knows the Spartan Jesus. <laughs> yes, Spartan Jesus said more drugs. And now we see why why all Xavier Woods teachers told him not to be like Buff Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> and before anybody asks, Dalton's a little bit of a drive for me, so uh nah. I go teacher said it's morphine. That's crazy. Unbelievable, man. Fucking Spartan Jesus, man. That dude sounds like he should be nodding off in Whitney's bathroom. Oh my god. I really hope he does better. He does look weird in this. Right. Yeah, man. Dark shit. Dark, dark shit. All right. Well, fuck. I got to pluck a story up from here, huh? You know, we're going to stay dark because I got to get some of this shit off the program. Uh, yep, you, you mentioned this last week, so I could blame it on you and get it off the program. And it's a two for one. But you said that Alexa Bliss's pig died. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Larry Steve did pass away. Um, I believe it was, yeah, it was actually Tuesday because she had been mentioning it on Monday, which is why she wasn't on Raw last week. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, Larry Steve did pass away uh, the next day. I'm sorry, what's his name? Larry Steve. That's a good name. Right. Larry Steve. That's a fine name. That's for one of the names you don't forget. Man. Yeah. She actually uploaded a video. Did you see her video of her talking about the pig? Ooh, I did. I didn't. Guess I'll be seeing uh, you now. Ooh, it was it was tough to watch. Hi, um, 
I just wanted to get on here and say um, thank you to everyone who has uh, reached out about Larry um, and to let everyone know that I really appreciate um, the amount of support and people who have called and texted. Um, I will get back to you. I just can't yet because we're still trying to kind of wrap our heads around what happened. Um, Larry uh, went very quickly, uh, digressed really quickly, and we don't really fully understand it yet. Um, but he was surrounded by people who loved him. You know, my family was there. We were petting him and Ryan was playing him music on his guitar because Larry loves music. And um, I just want to say um, to any animal care person or vet, you know, no matter how big an animal is or how different they are, um, please help them. I hope um, Larry's story helps open people's eyes to, you know, the realities of having animals around his size. And I just want, I just want people to, you know, do better. Um, we are going to celebrate Larry's birthday tomorrow. Um, I really want to do something where, um, we celebrate his birthday and, uh, maybe do like a charity thing to raise money for an animal rescue. Um, and if that's something that you guys are interested in or seeing or anything like that, just, um, let us know. And, um, again, thank you. Uh, well, that sucks. And yeah, I saw yeah, some was... comments that people were like, I heard some people, oh, she needs to grow up and blah, blah, and she must work. It's like, you're a soulless assholes. Like, like to, uh, to, un- to make clear in the perspective, that was like her child. But not just that. Like, I don't think that it's right that people get to label in other people's lives what their values are. Right. Like, what? Well, like, that's you kind of. You go to a death of any kind and you can't come in to work. You don't fucking come in to work. Holy shit! Like remind me the next time you lose a loved one, just be like, "Nah, fuck it, get on your shit." The burger. Like what? It just it it's more just people shouldn't tell her that she needs to grow up. It's not a matter of maturity, you know. Like that's just thought that was an ignorant way to place anything. Just I hate people now. I swear to God. (laughs) Well, that's why I put all the work and hours that it takes to put this program together. We could come on here and hate people. Right, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's not what it, the actual objective is, but it does but, um, help. I actually did um, sit in on that uh, live stream they did, uh, did it on um, her Instagram. It was really cool. Uh, um, they had people like uh, Ember Moon um, popped on that live. Uh, Buddy Murphy showed up. I believe the woman who owns uh, the pig farm where, they, where she first got Larry Steve even showed up as well. I know uh, her boyfriend Ryan Cabrera played music. It it was a it was definitely quite the celebration. I want to say they they raised somewhere over sixteen thousand dollars. So yeah, it was a it was quite the celebration because he did unfortunately pass literally right before his birthday. So yeah, that does suck. Oh yeah. But it's weird, the, the same people who will be like toughen up, Alexa, you know, suck it up. They're the same people who who uh they get really offended and want to cancel everything. Right. When you say the wrong thing, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me, man. Like, let her mourn it, the damn pig. Everybody's, everybody's rough and tough and big and bad till they're in that situation, then they want you to feel sorry for them. Whereas I'm like, no, if you're going to give that response, you're getting the exact same one back. Have fun. Yeah, right. Well, really harsh, really harsh stuff. Oh, yeah. At least we saw it tonight and she looked okay. Yeah, yeah, she definitely taking that raw off 
helped. But yeah, she looked like she was at least in a little bit of better spirits. And I mean, as many people who showed up for, um, for his birthday, I think that definitely helped her a ton. Because she has been getting a lot of, a lot of support and love on social media. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think they were saying, oh, does she have heat with Vince McMahon? I would hope not. Over oh, that no. shit. Makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, well, what else do we have here going on? Okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, apparently, Kane, uh, Glenn Jacobs, and Dr. Tom Pritchard are, have a wrestling school uh, called the JP Wrestling Academy. Yeah, I did hear uh, they just uh, popped this off, opened one up. Yeah, and they have like a trailer for it here. So that's kind of cool. Let's check this out. What is this? This is the train for. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Even though he finds he's still a mayor, still finding time to at least give back to the business. Professional wrestling. Legends aren't born. They're created. It's a process. It's a journey. One that's filled with rewards, but also suffering and hardships. Victory and defeat. Triumph and failure. Those that want to be the best, train with the best. They train here. If you want to see how legends are created, every bump, every bruise, every tear, every drop of sweat. You've come to the right place. Well, this is a nice commercial, I guess. Yeah, not too flashy, just straight to the point. I mean, you get to train with Kane. I'm surprised they didn't use that. I use it. <laughs> right. Train with See, Kane. I'm just wondering how long till somebody walks in that walks in that school. Can you choke slam me, please? Yeah, right. Crazy. My perfect world. I feel like that's what happens every time. Did you catch either one of the Warrior documentaries? Um, I did catch a, I caught I, I caught the biography one. I I haven't fully finished the Dark Side of the Ring one yet. Okay, but you did catch the biography. For anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, there's the trailer here. After the match, he kind of went off on his own for a little bit, just to take it all in, and for him just to give himself a big pat on the back and say, "Wow, nobody believed in me, but I did it." I mean, he was rich, and now he was the world champion. But that was short-lived, because literally, like two months after, Jim Howick left, and the Ultimate Warrior came home. He became really erratic. He started staying on the road, which he never did before. He was disconnected. Something was off. Calls behavior erratic. What do you mean by that? He seemed altered. I mean, I didn't see anything, but he definitely was not 
He was not well. He was on the road, and I tried to call his room, and he didn't answer. So I had them do a wellness check on him. You ask any wrestling wife out there, when you don't hear from your husband, you get scared. And when I call back, the guy goes, he's there, he was asleep, and that was the end of it. I thought back to something somebody told me a long time ago. There's always going to be women that want to sleep with your husband, but it's the ones that want to steal your life that you have to worry about. So I called the room. He answered the phone, and I heard a girl's voice. And I immediately thought, oh my gosh, I was devastated. I started going through his things, and I found this day planner. And I looked at page one and page two and it would be a girl's name in the town. <laughs> I told him, I said, when you come home, you're going to be served papers. And I'm divorcing you. I didn't wait for a response. You know, my worst fear had come true. I had just lost my husband. So I saw both. I saw the A&E one and I saw the Dark Side of the Ring one. And I don't normally watch either of those shows. Just, I'm just not really interested in a lot of their topics or I'm already informed on them or whatever. I'm just never in the mood for their specific style of stuff. I'll, I'll tune in. I'll cherry pick the episodes like I've told you before. Uh, I watched this because of the of Dana's comments where she basically said that she didn't support the Dark Side one. I'm paraphrasing, but she said she didn't support the Dark Side one because it was smut and filth. I believe was what she labeled it as. So I thought it was interesting because I was thinking to myself on one side, you have uh, something that's going to show him and paint him in a positive manner. And on the other side, you have one that's going to, uh, I guess, show him in a little bit more of a derogatory negative manner. So I want to see the contrast of these two documentaries. And I got to be honest, I, I think they were both pretty honest. I don't think anybody lied in their documentary. I think Dana assumed when she saw the first wife. I think she just assumed this was going to be a hit piece of some sort. And really, first of all, those dark side ones, are they always like an hour? Yeah, they're usually about an hour. Yeah, that's too short for anything to really happen. You know, when you put up against the A&E ones, like, I don't think those are too brief. They really just touch on topics. I didn't really find anything in there. They talked about some bad stuff with him, but in all fairness, so did the A&E one. Yeah, dark side of the ring. Dark side of the ring is not usually, I I almost don't want to say as in depth. It's like just you'll see more of like the uncommon stories versus biography, which will get everything. But I really think she expected. I really think she said what she said about Dark Side of the Rings because Dark Side of the Ring doesn't sugarcoat shit. Not that biography does either, but let's be real: all the shit we've heard about the Old Man Warrior in the past, you know that shit's gonna come up. <laughs> I just don't really feel like either one of them sugarcoated it, you know. Yeah, neither of them did, but we all know with Dark Side of the Ring, if there's ever ugly shit that's going to come out, that show's become almost notorious for it. But, of course, biography, they brought up, of course, all the shit that um, he had said about different communities and lifestyles and stuff. But it's like, it's like nobody else's wife or exes or anything else has a problem with it, but ironically, Dana Warrior is the one that has a problem with it. Like, this yeah, is this their be. third season, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think she just assumed that it was going to be worse than it was, and it really wasn't. No, it was virtually kind of what you expect if you know about everything Warriors done. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like, don't jump the gun, bro. <laughs> I was disappointed. If anything, the uh, the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior was more in contrast to the two A and E and Dark Side of the Ring documentaries. That one was more just burying the guy, whereas Dark Side and Biography was just telling how it is. Yeah, I didn't find too much wrong here. All right, we got to do the weekly soon, so let's just touch on a few other stories here. Carl Anderson and his wife are back in the news again. Yeah, I heard she what brought up old shit about other women with him again. Man, this stuff comes up a lot with the two of them, huh? So apparently what happened... I was like, wow, what's over now? I guess not. She tweeted out, Husband's phone accidentally called me at 3 a.m. and woke me up, and I heard a lot of commotion, and in the background girls laughing he doesn't want to tell me the truth of what happened who saw him and what did he do in jacksonville till 3 a.m and uh then she says of course i know what he really did the real matter is that he has a drinking problem that he won't admit and refuses to get real help maybe you all can help alcoholism really tears families apart and sometimes you got to go extreme like this to save someone man you better call Chi already man that's what she remembers. She's at Chi-Chi, you know? <laughs> Kokusa! Kokusa! <laughs> it's not funny. But, you know, like I, I notice every time we come in here, she's tracking his ass down. Right, like, damn, you can't have fun at 3 a.m.? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, maybe she should call Sting. Sting might know where he is. Oh, my God. Ask Sting if he's she there. She, she answered the phone. Sting. Oh, man. So... What do you think with this? What's your opinion? So, as a guy, you know, he does guy. <laughs> of course, as a guy, and I'm the second guy in the show. Me, Dustin <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> as a guy, because this <laughs> got to clarify like Tony Khan, got to conify everything. I'm so glad you knew where I was going with that. But it's like, so everybody's been butt dialed every now and then. It, it happens. Especially when you're like me until recently, you don't have like an actual like lock on your phone. It's just, just swipes. But <laughs> it's not to say that there might not be anything going on. But at the same time, if you're in the business, you have probably female friends in the locker room. It's not like you can't be just hanging out with the crew one night. This is true, but this isn't the first time she's accused him of infidelity and come up with other types of compelling evidence. Yeah, that, that's that's the other problem is that she actually, unlike a lot of the other times we see, she actually comes up with shit. Like, <laughs> like bro, if you're doing dirty, just say it. Holy shit. How did your wife don't play this game? Well, she really doesn't, man. Take heed, man. Maybe bring the other girl home. See, here she Compromise. Look, okay, she gets me every other week at Nova. Oh, yeah, you want to polygamize him. <laughs> Straight from the can, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad I decided to look at the chat room at that moment. Because I'm sitting there going, what the fuck are you mean? Straight from the can? Oh. So, uh, the Iconic Swarm busted open radio. Well, we're in the episode that's release-based. And they talked a little bit about the release situation with them. I'm assuming, and what's going to happen going forward. So I'm going to share that with you guys. In your opinion, what the frick happened? 
Uh, Do you even know what happened? I wish I knew, to be honest. When I say that I was in, like, it was a total shock. I had no idea. When I got the phone call, I thought it was in regards to something else. I was like, oh, they need me to do something. I'm, I'm needed for something else. And when I heard those words, you know, we're, we're going to release you, my heart dropped and I was just, I was so shocked and I was just heartbroken and I, I don't have any answers and I don't think I'm ever going to get answers. So at the moment, I'm just trying to like, just have peace with that. Cassie, do you feel the same way? So it was absolutely a shock because, I mean, I obviously they do, you know, the budget cuts once a year, but they hadn't done it in a while. And then I thought last year's was just purely because of the pandemic. So I didn't see it coming and maybe I should have, especially because I was really doing nothing since they split us up. Um, so I was like laying in the middle of a massage in my bedroom and the husband walks in and says, you should probably check your phone. And I was like, uh, okay. And then I checked it. And I was like, yep, I'm done. Jumped up off the bed, not wearing anything. <laughs> and uh, that's when I realized what was going down. Um, complete shock. And I feel like we're still going through waves with it, whereas like one day I'll feel like so free and so excited for these opportunities that now we can take upon ourselves, you know. And then other days I'm just like I sit there wondering like, Oh, I, ju- I just don't understand. And I, I like Jess said, I don't think we ever will understand. And to be honest with you, I don't really think there's much of a reason other than cuts had to be made. It's really sounding across the board like these are just indiscriminate cuts. And it really sounds more like it That's is for a sale. Kind of felt like there's no actual rhyme or reason behind it. It's just eh, somebody got to go, boop, you. And it does really seem like it's more for a sale. You know, we could be wrong, but this is looking more and more like sale. So... That'll be interesting, you know, to see what the company's like. They could still keep the same chairman and everything. It could be like Dana. Dana sold the UFC. You know, you can hardly yeah. tell. It's kind of funny speaking of the UFC. Uh, minor news that's actually kind of cool. Um, the Ultimate Fighter is coming back. They already. Uh, I think there's supposed to be a trailer coming out pretty soon. But that's a uh, that's going to be a, a big deal for them. That show basically saved the UFC years ago. So I never knew it was gone. Isn't that sad? I just stopped watching it. Yeah, it's been gone. For- or maybe like a year or two, I want to say. But I believe um, Brian Ortega and God, I can't I keep forgetting the other guy's name, but he's one of their current champions. Uh, they're going to be the coaches this year, which is crazy. The fucking history of that show. 11 champions and five Hall of Famers will come from that show. Unbelievable. Well, tough enough. Jesus. Well, that'll be something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I've always been an Ultimate Fire fan. I watched the fucking Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner fight live. That was still... that's. Dana White to this day has said that's the fight to save the UFC. So, yeah. All right. Speeding through some stories here. Paige got banned from Twitch temporarily. I see her accounts back now because apparently she was streaming Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I heard about. I heard about that like the day it happened. I was like, oh my god. How did she make this mistake? I don't know. You you would think that'd be something where it's just like you know not to do it. So here's the thing. I've seen Paige streaming stuff, but. The way it works on Twitch, like take the Talk Brunch account, for example, we're a Twitch Prime account. We can stream anything from the uh, Prime video library in real time right now into the chat room if we want. 
and have a watch party. We could watch all of the Invincibles, which I'm thinking of doing, by the way. I just want to schedule it with everyone. We could watch freaking The Boys. There's actually a lot of cool stuff on there. If you if you have your account as a, a Twitch channel, a Twitch Prime channel, you can do that. The thing is, only people that have Amazon Prime accounts would be able to see it. Other people that come in here, I don't think would get the video feed. So when I've passed Paige's channel and peeked in and seen her watching movies, I was under the assumption, well, I'm Prime, so I'm seeing these videos because it was the membership thing. And there might have been times that maybe she didn't realize it, but she was just directly streaming that shit out without any agreement, which is definitely a bannable offense. And you got to be careful about that because people will just snipe your ass for that kind of thing. In the beginning of the stream, you heard Stasis. She always says hello to creepers or whatever. Hello to brunchers and creepers. And I think someone said, who are the creepers? And you'd be surprised, man. Like, to digress just a little bit here. Um... Whenever Destin or myself go off on a tangent about either AEW or WWE, almost systematically, the Facebook version of our feed goes down within that rant. And it's always the company that we're talking about at that time without fucking fail. So they definitely have their own creepers that they bring in here. Yesterday, for example, during the AEW post show, like I think a quarter through the show, because I have two two PC screens in front of me, I looked over at the secondary one that I have to keep track of other shit, and I noticed that the Facebook feed got a notification that they AEW specifically took it for copyright. And then, of course, we forwarded it and won and put it back up. But it was right when we were in a part where we were just talking about how they needed to get their shit together. And it's always that way. And if it was WWE, it would have swung the other way. So it's like they, they dispatch their own little drones and creepers. There are creepers everywhere. You know, never doubt that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to put a whole movie, an unlicensed movie the way she did, if it wasn't part of Prime Video, yeah, they'll take your shit down. There's a site that you can go to. There's a Twitch channel that keeps track, or a Twitter channel, rather, that keeps track of the status of every channel and how many bans, violations, and things it has, and it tweets out automatically whenever a new channel gets banned. That's how people found out her channel got banned. And I believe it got reinstated because when I looked early, I saw her there again. Yeah, when I was, uh, after Raw went off the air, when I was coming into the chat room, I saw she was back up. Yeah, I wonder what else. So that means that she was literally just using her capture card, which even that I think would be kind of weird because most capture cards nowadays, they don't let you just without doing some finagling. They wouldn't just let you just even accidentally put a movie on here. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say right now I did, which I wouldn't. I think if I was to just try to bring my browser up right now and then full screen Netflix or even just window Netflix. It wouldn't work like the the signal would not process over. It has HDCP uh, blocking is what they call HDCP protection. A lot of these devices. So I just wonder how the hell she was streaming something that she wasn't allowed to in the first place. Yeah, it's a good question. Because they said that she previously did a watch along of Labyrinth. Yeah, and I saw her do a watch along of Mrs. Doubtfire, which was the one that I saw. And they're wondering how she was doing that. Uh, without copyright infringement and you got to check amazon video and see if labyrinth and mrs outfire and even dumb and dumber if they're part of the prime because if it's there she's she, supposed to be able to do it but yeah if any of you guys will be down to watch some uh amazon content and you have the platform reach out to us because we are scheduling it with people within the more intimate parts of our community to watch certain things that we know we can put out there at, at first, when I thought about doing it, it was like, ah, but it's, I, I hate to say, but I was like, it's prime video. What do they really have in, versus Netflix and other? But then when I looked, it was like, you know what? Their library does have cool stuff. They have anthology stuff, which I like. If anybody likes Black Mirror and Love, Death, and Robots, they have anthology stuff similar to those things. 
Yeah, which we can get a kick out of watching that new season that came out. Yeah, and they have a lot of stuff. If you look there, I could recommend stuff, but they have a lot of stuff like Love, Death, and Robots and Black Mirror on there. It's not Love, Death, and Robots and Black Mirror. Same concept, same kind of visuals. So, uh, yeah, we were saying, you know what? Maybe we'll start doing these things with the community on days where I don't feel like gaming and streaming. Uh, and I just want to do something else. We can just have like a watch party on here legally, of course. Yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be fun. Huh? Yeah, not the kind that gets his band like pages. <sighs> right. Uh, all right. What else do we got here? I'm cherry picking because I know we're already running freaking late. Uh, Matt Cardona is injured for 12 weeks with a broken orbital bone. Good Lord. This comes from Impact. I haven't even seen this yet. The fuck happened? Is this a shoot or a work? Let me see what the video is. I figure it'll be a shoot. I'm standing by with Impact's resident doctor, Dr. Ross. What is the prognosis on Matt Cardona after he was thrown face first into a camera last week by Brian Myers? Well, Gia, Matt is being treated by our specialists. He has a fractured orbital bone and should be out of action for about 12 weeks. Oh, you two got to be kidding me. Wasting time talking about Matt Cardona. Who cares? The guy's going to be gone for weeks. But you know what, Dr. Ross, I'm glad you're here because weeks is not enough for me. Tell me. Tell me what I have to break on his body to make sure he never comes back. Because he's been stalking me like a... Oh, am I interrupting? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're interrupting something. My promo. Uh, Zip it. Look at you. Greenhorn idiot. You don't know nothing. You're not professional. I should slap these horrible tattoos off your body. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to teach you how to be a professional. Well, that promo was cringe. What the fuck was that? I don't know. And who is this fucking Brian Pillman Jr. cosplay looking motherfucker? Like, what? Yeah, I don't get it, man. Oh, God. Well, that's time I can't get back. <sighs> that almost didn't have to do with his injury. Right. They talked about his injury for three seconds. And then it was like, let's get this angle in with the other edgehead, which they are feuding, right? Yeah, they've been feuding. Yeah, you don't sound excited. Your enthusiasm to, to impact over the years has diminished. I try as hard as I possibly fucking could. But the moment I saw a man get shot at a wedding, I was like, you know what? Can't do this shit. I really think that was a nail in the coffin for me. Because you cause guys remember, about what, a year or two ago, I used to be on here just like, oh, you know, it's getting better. It's improving. Every time we talk in here, it didn't fucking get better. And I think eventually I just got tired of the impact making me look bad. And I was the one on here who was telling you, dude, I don't know if it's really getting better, man. It doesn't seem like it's getting better. And I would get criticism. The years that I've done this, I always get criticism for being down on certain things or when I was down on that CZW guy and shit, you know. And people forget that I love wrestling, which is what's the most aggravating thing of all. Like when I get out it like that, oh, this guy is kind of like, man, the, with the trouble that I'm going through, I created this whole fucking thing for wrestling to talk here with all of you this platform that's slowly grown and we've added more things to over the years and people are going to because i'm being objective when i see something that fucking sucks like automatically well this guy he he must not really like it or enjoy he just wants to talk shit about things like i'd be a fool to invest that much fucking time into something that i didn't want to see work out and yeah we get the benefit of when things are a little silly or botchy uh to joke about it but we don't want it to go to hell there's a big difference between a few botches and, and uh, you know, outtakes and things here and there into the business itself plummeting. And it's like, of course, you got to acknowledge that shit when things aren't working out. So, yeah, I love the people. Yeah, I go through troubles. The program that we're putting together with all of the video rips and uh, the old video, it takes hours every Monday to put together just to just to hope that the shit all goes to hell. 
you know, because it's easy to do it. So why not just do it to be trolls about it? Like there are things that need addressing that if they don't get addressed, turn out bad. I think impact, unfortunately, is one of those where it's like you try to be supportive of it. And I, I try to stay interested, but it doesn't seem like it's a stable place. It's, it's just weird, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad they don't take themselves as seriously anymore, you know? God, so and that's so great. This thing gonna start off. We are wrestling. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm glad. I think that having RVD there was a good thing to have for a while, and it's unfortunate that he's not there because he sort of fit the casual nature of that company. Yeah, no. But oh well. Uh all right. Well, we're getting to the tail end of stories here. Another impact thing. Since we're talking about this here, during Impact we had Morrissey W. Morrissey has such a bad name, former Big Cast, and he did a shoot work promo. I heard about this, but I haven't heard the promo itself. Mm, I'm gonna browse through it because yeah, I remember this being like pipe bomb esque shoot work promos. Depending on how interesting, and I might have to bump her a little bit up through it because I don't have a long or I don't want a long time. I'm here with W. Morrissey for a very special sit down interview. W. Morrissey, thank you very much for joining me. I'm very happy to have you here today. Oh, are you? You're happy to have me here. Seems like everybody around here and everybody in this industry, they're extremely happy when the cameras are rolling. You know, they're, they're, they're so happy to be here and to, and to work here. And they'll be nice to everybody's face. Like, I'm going to be nice to your face. And then I'll go bury you behind your back right after the cameras stop rolling. It's pretty much everybody in this industry, fake, phony, and they'll be nice to your face. But once those cameras stop rolling, once you walk away, they'll bury you to everybody they can. And, and I'm, I'm sure you're happy to have me here. And I could sit here and say to you, I'm, I'm happy to be here. But to be quite honest, I'm not happy to be here. And I don't care if it's you sitting here or somebody else or nobody. All I care about is people hearing what I have to say. Well, it seems that you have a very strong perspective on the wrestling business. Some may even call it bitterness. Some may say bitter, but I'd say realistic. Every time that I've fallen down in this industry, every time that something bad has happened to me or I made headlines for all the wrong reasons, People kicked me while I was down. When I had a seizure in front of 1,500 people in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, those fans that love us and adore us, do you know what they did? They took out their phones, and instead of dialing 911, they recorded it and put it on YouTube. And then everybody in the world gets to watch me at my most vulnerable point. And my former coworkers, people that are here behind the scenes, people that are in this locker room, Do you know what they did when they saw that video? When I was at my lowest point, they laughed at me. And nobody reached out. People that I thought were my friends, they didn't even reach out. Not even a text, not a phone call. Hey, man, how you doing? And for three years, nobody contacted me. And then lo and behold, when I come back to wrestling, all those same people that hadn't talked to me in years, all of them reached out. Hey, man, you look great. So happy to see you back. I always knew that you were going to come back strong. Do you know why they did that? They want to know that they had that powerful piece on their side. When I make it to the top of this industry, when I make it to the top of this company, those people, they want to be on my team. So they reach out and they buddy, buddy, because they want to be my friend now because I'm doing great. You have certainly had a long and tough experience, but when I look at the Impact Locker Room, I do see friends. You've had some issues with Willie Mack at Under Who the fuck is she? His best friend, Rich Swan. His best friend, Rich Swan. I have no idea. Yeah, she they, sees they're friends? Not friends. 
Rich Swan did that a, because that's, that's such a weird thing. Want. And it doesn't really seem like a shoot promo. Swan like, yeah, he brought up some of his stuff, of but I guess it's like technically work shoot. Industry. He needs that validation. Yeah, because I guess if you really pay attention to the mainstream stuff, you had no idea that happened. He did that for himself. He didn't do that for Willie. Yeah, like this is all. Rich Swan and Willie laughed. So when I cried, they laughed. They laughed. And they laughed. And they laughed. Jesus. Go back to that a little bit. He was angry there. Never heard him angry before. You can't teach and that. They laughed. And they laughed. And they laughed. Mm. Who's laughing now? Oh. Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here. I was not expecting that. That was really well done. That was fantastic. Hold on a minute. I fucking jumped for that one. Who's laughing now? It was such a serious promo. I didn't think that anyone would be able to. I forgot it was wrestling. Yeah. Rich Swan with the super kick from off screen. If anyone listened to the podcast, that's awesome. That was good. All right. All right, Impact. I see you. I was in the moment of the promo. I felt like I got super kicked. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't watch that ahead of time, you know? They. That's one of the best super kicks out of nowhere ever, right? Right. Who's laughing now? I guess me. That was kind of funny, actually. He ruined your moment. Now this is really personal. All right. I'm kind of glad. I wasn't sure if that was going to make it into the program. I'm glad we did that one. And to think Rich Swan is the baby face in that story, right? All right. The baby face that, that kicks you from off screen. All right. Anyway, get rid of that name, that W whatever, and become like, like a different name, and I'll be even better for him. Give him something else, you know? Right. Fix that shit. Or just call him Kaz XL, what they call him on the Or just call him the Morrissey without the W. I'm fine with that, too. It's just it's weird to have the W in the name like that. I keep the faith that every company gets better as far and it's better. I've always told you guys, the more wrestling gets better, the more exposure, the, 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 the better it gets. So you want everybody to do good. You don't want anything to suck because you got people that you support and, 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 and everyone. But I've also been under the impression, and this has been proven time and time again, that when you see a company and they're plummeting, there's a reason for that. And that as much as people go, all oh, these guys that you like are not going to have jobs. Generally, what happens is something rises from the ashes that's better, you know? It's happened for years and years. If you go back and look at the territories, if you even go back to just the 80s with the uh, ECW and the WCW and WWE, you know, if you look at stuff like that and then the TNA era, there's always going to be something. Don't ever think that there's just going to not be another thing that's going to pop up there. It's like when you see a store close in your neighborhood and the gates are down, like someone's going to buy that property and put something else there eventually. You know, don't just think it's going to be null and void. And in the case of wrestling, there will always be some level of a demand. Unfortunately, TNA was in, was in over their heads. They were they were too too big to be small, too small to be big, and they didn't know how to sustain that spike spot that they had, you know, or uh, or any of those other channels for that matter. And they they're much better as what they really are. And I said for years before they got exposed that it was an indie company masquerading as a number two. They were pretending that they were like Raw and SmackDown, and then I was like, how? Because they have a spot at uh the Impact Zone. It's one place. They don't really go on house tours. They don't do house shows. None of those guys are ever under contract, which is why we were constantly in here coming and going and playing the, the departure drop for them because they'll just have somebody in a handshake agreement, which I'm starting to see a lot of with AEW. You know, they brought that guy Bear Country. I think they fucking signed him to a, a thing uh, recently, right? And they also signed uh, the manager of Jade Cargill, but then they have Leo Rush there on a fucking handshake agreement. 
It's like, wait a minute, you know what? You're gonna want to lock that Leo Rush shit down. He he wants to work in Japan. I heard Tony Khan say, Oh, you know, he wants to work in Japan, and but we have a good thing. We, you know, we feel good and we hand we handshook with the guy. At the end of the day, that's cool. And Leo Rush is good people, but he is also Leo Rush. And before that stint in NXT, he was a high demand star all over the Indies, including Ring of Honor. If you have him there, don't just shake his hand. Get a pen, you know, and jot some shit down for Leo Rush. Not fucking bear country. Is it, am I going to say the guy's name right? Was there a bear country guy? Yeah. They're bear fucking country. And then the guy, the Jade. But the only thing I can, okay, I can make sense of with the Leo Rush thing is that he is still, because I know he, um, he wrestles on New Japan Strong. So he's still one of the New Japan guys right now. Right. But they can do something more than just a handshake for something like that. Because no one gives a shit about bear guy or or Jade Cargill or her or her manager who's now all elite. You gotta get some of this talent locked down. And that was one of the mistakes with Impact. They're an indie company. They were doing this handshake agreements with everyone, but they were masquerading as a bigger company. And it took a lot of different things, other companies to rise and the pandemic somewhat to expose them as what I always saw them as. Where it was like you guys are just an indie company that has really good dressing. You know, you upholster the fucking indie company here. And, uh, you know, that's what you are. None of these guys are really contracted. At one point, maybe. I'm not saying it was always like that. There was a point where it felt like they were a company that was big. You know what I mean? There was a point when they had AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle and all those guys. And they were doing like the, what was it called? The Hardcore Justice, which was their version of the of the freaking One Night Stands. And I enjoyed those. And, and it felt like a company but somewhere down the road they started running it in the style and that's what it became someone needed that number two spot am i happy with it essentially going to aew by default at first yes now no i don't count them out and i'm not gonna think i'd be using that on aew now but i won't count aew out yet as a good number two um they have to they, they have a lot of regrouping to do in order for them to get there you know and that's really what i think is going to show the most so impact they do good stuff though you know, it's just that it's not consistently so good. Bullshit on top of it. Yeah, that's, that's everyone's problem. Then it's not universal to them. I think they have the least amount of star power, and that's what's going to really hurt them in the long run. Oh, yeah. They got the least amount of star power and bullshit on top of it. That's double fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, you go do crazy shit like that, at least have names. So a bit of a funny story before we get to our weeklies, because now we're running late. Uh, Trent Beretta tweeted out because he, he bought a green Xbox One controller. And he said, uh, I bought an Xbox controller that's the same color as my wrestling gear. Someone please shit in my bag. I deserve it. Oh, we know what he was referring to. Let me show you the screenshot of his controller. Let me, take, let me take the top of the overlay off for you. Ooh. So that you could see. I don't think I've seen that controller before. Are you seeing the, uh, are you, are you reading the whole thing though? Look at yeah, that. Yeah, I, I see Orton at the bottom. You look at Orton's comment underneath. <laughs> he put the little emoji that's, that has the, the chin, his hand under his chin, like he's thinking, like, hmm. Talk about I, me. I might know someone who could shit in that bag. He hears voices in his head. And the voices telling him to shit in your bag. I loved it, Orton acknowledged it. Right. Orton don't give a shit. Orton does not oh, give an right. owner of a fuck. I just found that amusing. I love the sense of humor between these guys. You know, you could tell Orton's a fun guy despite his past. You know, he gets oh, yeah. too much shit for his old stuff. Fun now. So, Kenny Omega, which we talk about a lot on here. Obviously, we wouldn't be a wrestling show if we didn't. Uh, he came up recently. Where's this interview from? Uh, give me a sec here. 
trying. This is Sports Illustrated. And I read this a little beforehand and I was wondering, I was like, let me let me read it to you. So uh, he's talking in regards to Will Ospreay and Jay White here, because, as you know, Will Ospreay was injured badly recently. So he told he's quote as telling Sports Illustrated before I left New Japan, I pulled aside Osprey and Jay White. I don't even know if I should tell this story, but I will. I told both this company, at least the Western expansion and the pride of the foreigners. It's all in your hands. They're going to look to you to carry this thing. So you've got to do it. I said it to Jay and Osprey, knowing it was a likely scenario, but also hoping to light a fire under both of them. For Osprey, he'd really come into his own. He made a complete career shift, and he was going to be a fantastic champion. He made changes to his body. He changed his style, his look, his demeanor. He became the person that he needed to be the champion of that company. Unfortunately, becoming champion wasn't enough for him. He tried to fill my shoes. Physically, even though he's one of the most gifted performers to ever step foot in the ring, there's only one Kenny Omega, and you can't fill those shoes. Thus, now his belt is vacant. So perhaps it was always meant to be my belt and my belt alone. That's not me making a firm statement to to whether i'll make a venture out there just that there's no no one there that can fill my shoes or override my legacy when osprey comes back he'll have to reanalyze who he is and who he's meant to be because he's not meant to be me so uh what are your thoughts that's interesting to say to sports illustrated right like i remember i was thinking damn i first i thought this he's working but would you work for sports illustrated right you wouldn't work somebody like damn that's a bit brutal do you think but he's right he's though that they that they that they looked shit. at? Do you think that they looked at uh, Jay White and Osprey as soon as he left, and they said, "Look, we're just gonna have these other guys be the lead of the thing, and that's good. They're gonna be the replacements." Boom, and then he was like, "Look, you guys gotta understand this is gonna happen." Or, and I, how what is the, how does that factor into his injury? I guess maybe because um, Osprey getting injured as soon into his championship run as he did, like, I guess he's probably referring to the fact that maybe when Kenny won the championship, his body was able to hold up to it. Whereas Osprey wins a championship and his body almost instantly fails him. Yeah, you know I haven't been keeping long before he had to vacate it. You know, Spartan, I haven't been keeping up um, just because I get so busy doing this. To be honest, this is the main reason I don't get to do things I enjoy. As far as the best, even though this is one of the things I enjoy, like New Japan, since it's not regularly on our program, I don't get to watch it as much. But also, I wasn't feeling it the last few times. Like I, we watched the whole G One here, like I, the, which we've never done on this show before. We didn't miss a single thing about it. And I honestly wasn't feeling the Jay White stuff. That to me was the most off-putting thing. Him in the Bullet Club, that shit Bullet Club. Like I keep calling it Bullet Club at home. Mom, I want to go out for Bullet Club. We have Bullet Club at home. Like you had this bootleg Bullet Club and it just looked so fucking dry. It, it, I never thought I would feel that way. Anyone who grew up watching Nitro and Raw Live, just that, that feeling when, and it's no disrespect to them as legends or people contributed to the business, but when the NWO came out led by Stevie Ray and Virgil, it just felt like, fuck, man. Like, and I'm not saying there's Stevie Ray and Virgil, but I just remember thinking, like, this is the NWO now. Like, I had to think that this thing that we were super over, like, you were so proud. People who weren't even watching wrestling will wear the shirts. It was just a cool thing to be down with. And now fucking Stevie Ray and Virgil and the most of these guys that are out here, we don't even know half the motherfuckers in the back. Miss Elizabeth, of course, longest running member. But when half these guys are gone and, like, you know, Nash and Hall. And it, it felt like that after a while where I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, really? Like... The Jay White thing specifically, I don't mind the Osprey stuff as much. The story with him and Okada and that, that tutelage and him turning on him, I think that's great. But uh, the Jay White with that fucking bullet club with the, with the softball underhand two suite that they do and most of the Asian guys being in it instead of it being like a gaijin uh, heel group. And it got worse and worse and worse. It, it became embarrassing to watch. 
And then half the time, like people like Toriano, who I love Toriano, but he was fucking making them look ridiculous out there, man. He was kicking all their asses. They became like goons. They became like the Putty Patrol. They used to be feared when it was Gallows and Anderson and Prince David and shit. They were to be feared more than they were to be over. And they went from that to like they're they're just cartoony now, you know, which I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like that. He needed to find his own way. And I agree with Omega in that way. I think he could have said it a little bit better. Because at the end of the day, Omega, for someone to say something like that, which I do like Kenny Omega, it's not exactly like to say that he paved the way or invented the wheel here either. Let's not forget that Prince David was the leader of the Bullet Club, and then he left for NXT, and it became AJ Styles. And then it took for him to leave for it to become Kenny Omega. And in between that, there was almost a transitional period where they were just bringing in people, and it was a joint thing. They brought in Adam Cole and Ring of Honor and Marty Skrull, and Omega was like almost the, considered just the Japan guy of it because it was over in, in Ring of Honor when they had like almost a joint deal with it too. So Omega, yeah, you know, I I find to him to have followed in that suit too as as one of the gaijins that was out there that they decided was going to become the lead of the Bullet Club after they had run out of other guys. And it's not to say he didn't do a lot for them as the golden lovers with Kota Ibushi. And he was great as the cleaner in the supporting role. But they did to him what he's saying that they did. And maybe he's speaking from experience, you know. It could be. And to be honest, that Kenny Omega is still the best Kenny Omega, in my opinion, that I've seen. That Bullet Club Kenny Omega hasn't been exceeded when he left there. Even his brief stint with Dakota and even now in AEW, nothing Kenny Omega has done has outweighed the good things that he did when he was in the Bullet Club. And to be honest, if we're going to look at it, who can we name that was in the Bullet Club in Japan or even in Ring of Honor that the shit they did after they left the Bullet Club has been better? You know, I mean, to be real, yeah, as much as people complain about it, Finn Balor and AJ Styles, you want to say, oh, Finn Balor doesn't get pushed and everything. His ascent to the main roster on WWE is successful. I watched a guy at SummerSlam live. I was in a seat watching him. You know, that's considered you aspire. You get a good paycheck from that. You may not like what they're doing with Balor, but he went on to greatness, technically. Right. Adam Cole. It might not have been great as we would have liked it, but it wound up being there. Adam Cole, Bullet Club member that went on to uh, went on to do. I think he did wonderful with NXT. So won basically every championship that the male, males can win in NXT. Yeah, but there's but there's a lot of people that are currently not really doing anything better than what they did. Like, unfortunately, the people that went from Bullet Club to AEW didn't do better things like the people that went from Bullet Club to WWE, like AJ Styles. It's funny how AJ Styles is almost like a household name in the WWE bubble. Someone who was from the Indies and Japan and TNA, someone you you never think would have been there. You know what I mean? And, And there he is. But these guys, like the current guys, haven't really gone on. Like Adam Page was better when he was in the Bullet Club. Like he's doing good here, but like the the, the company sucks. Now he's in a company where they're giving him terrible matches. You know, we didn't even talk about that Joey Janela match that he got busted open twice by the guy. The guy got hit in the mouth and then he got, when he brought him down. Oh, no, for we the, talked about that one. We talked about I got it busted open, but I didn't know how. You know, he busted him open twice on Janela's part. You know, we got all these things where these guys aren't being uh, elevated out of where they were. So good advice by Omega, but at the same time, what helped him get over was being the replacement in the Bullet Club. You know, it's just not working for these guys. They're not able to do it. They needed to do something different. Uh, Okay, don't worry. We're almost at the weeklies, which we're not going to take very long for. I'm so excited. And considering the fact that we knock out AEW last night, it'll be even, it'll be even shorter. So Jerry Lawler made a comment that he corrected himself in. He, uh, tweeted out for saying wwe called and said everyone needs to be fully vaccinated before the next pay-per-view in june so here i am didn't hurt a bit and uh 
that wasn't entirely accurate. He went back and clarified later on. He said, first, let me comment on some of the comments after this tweet of mine. The WWE has the same COVID as MLB. If you're fully vaccinated, you're good to go. If not, you must wear you must still wear a mask at the event and be tested before the event. In trying to be brief, my earlier tweet may have given the wrong impression. WWE never forces anyone to be vaccinated. Their new policy is if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer have to be tested or wear a mask at events. I hate the mask. I love the new WWE policy. So he clarified there, which I, I, I truly believe. But I also and I don't want to touch base too long. on this, But I also just wanted to clarify because there's been a lot of mis, misinformation out there about that jobs are forcing people to get vaccinated. And my logic has been because people say, well, they want you to get vaccinated so you don't get other sick. But if the people who are pro vaccination are vaccinated, then they won't get sick anyway. And uh, the other thing about it is a lot of places are being open to the fact that the alternative is you get tested and wear masks. You know what I mean? You don't have to. No one's really forcing you. And I've heard things like, yeah, that they can do other things to you. You know, like, for example, let's say Dustin goes to his job and they tell him, look, you got to get vaccinated. And he decides, I'm really not sure. I want to wait a little while and see if this shit doesn't kill people. Um, there's like, for example, what's being been presented to me is that they could uh, be like, OK, no problem. But because they want vaccinated people, they could come up with something else like, oh, you know, Dustin, you're five minutes late today. Look, we're going to have to let you go. This happened three times and just fucking fuck them over and not say that it's because of the vaccine. And that's how to get around it, because it would be wrong for them to cut them loose because of that. And uh, to those people, I say um, that is a problem that existed in the workforce without the pandemic anyway. They could decide to do that to Destin because he doesn't like the same game console as him or because he likes AEW more than WWE or drum roll because he's black. They could do that to him for, <laughs> you, drum roll you know, they, they could do that to him for a lot of reasons. And at the end of the day, I truly feel like in the case of vaccination, there is a valid case for saying that people might try to blackball you from jobs for not being vaccinated. But since it doesn't affect them, if they are vaccinated, I would sooner think that they would be the people who would take the time to have the agenda to do that would be too busy targeting the the gays and the blacks and the other and the Asians and the other races that they don't like anyway. I think if they had that level of power and that level of scheming, they were going they're going to prioritize their core racism, which have always been a problem over the fact that you're not vaccinated. You know what I mean? So that means that the problem isn't vaccination. The problem is the system and the focus of how we have a system in place where people can use other excuses to fire your ass it's not and yes covid happens to be one of those they could be like look that bastard's not vaccinated let's trick let's the scheme to get him out of here that's a workplace problem though i don't want it presented as a vaccination problem because people can always discriminate against you at your workplace for any difference in views and beliefs religion race whatever this is nothing new this is just another notch there and quite honestly there's so many other things for people to hate you for that i think if they're going to get you fired they're going to pick one of the other fucking things not that not whether or not that happens because that doesn't affect them as much so i just wanted to alleviate your fears in regards to that as far as uh you know just feeling this separation and thing while we are here because i know it keeps coming up it's like yeah they could get rid of you for any reason man we got to fix that problem. The fact that we have a loophole in the workforce where you can do that shit to people before we can do the fact that there's a thousand other reasons, because if it wasn't the COVID, it would be something else. So yeah, don't, don't let people tell you that. Like, you know, I'm not saying don't take it or do take it, but don't let people tell you that if you don't, that uh, they'll figure out a way to get ready. If they're going to figure out a way to get ready, they're going to figure out a way to get ready. It's better to work in a place that's not doing shit like that, you know? But anyway, you know, eventually you'll see the coast is clear. And if people, if you're, if you're scared and you want to wait, just be very careful. And if you see the coast is clear and your allies aren't dying that did it, then, you know, you might want to reconsider at some point. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's really up to you. It's a, it's a, it's a choice. Anyway, 
we're going to go through the weeklies really quick. Dustin, please remind me that Raw has a new commentator or I will forget to bring that up. Oh, trust me, I won't because I actually knew who this guy was and I was like, okay, that works. Yeah, because I I know I have information on him here, but it's on a different page. If I go through Raw, I will gloss right over that motherfucker. So, oh, trust me. Well, <laughs> it'll be the first thing to get off the list. So. All right. So we're going to talk NXT, which is still at this point my favorite show. It has all of my favorite people on it. We got a WWE NXT women's title number one contendership match. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. The finish being the one handed powerbomb countered into the Eclipse, followed by a double team, right? Yeah. It got, it got a little crazy. Well, they countered the one handed powerbomb. I'm sorry. Into the Eclipse. I don't know why I said followed by the Eclipse. I wouldn't want to throw you off there. I'm going to bring that up on screen, actually, so that you guys uh, can get a look. Just bear with me while I transition over to a different show. What do we got here? Still one of my favorites. I do like the fact that like the move doesn't look as robotic anymore. We used to be like, you have to be in this exact same spot to hit. Yeah. This was cool. Watch this. Nice sequence here. Always looking for that exclamation. Ember goes, Ember goes up. She counters here. Right into that eclipse. Raquel rolls to safety, which is a smart move, so she can't get covered. So then Ember decides to go grab Raquel, and she gets hit with that double team, which I don't think has a name still. They hit the ropes and come down with that slam. Yeah, they're just not going to push them as a tag team while she's champion, unfortunately, even though I like them. Yeah. I've always felt at this point, like, she's always gotten to the point where she doesn't need Dakota Kai anymore. Mm-hmm. Amber, I got to say, uh, the team overall, Shotzi's always been good, and I think she's a little crazy, but Ember's definitely come into her own now. I think that she's a lot more balanced and sound on the fundamentals here. I want to show you a sequence. Look at how nice her sequences are becoming and stuff. She really convinces me that she's, like, a veteran on this. So she gets caught in that cross body by Raquel. She gets out of it. Raquel whips into the ropes, hits the ropes, comes back, go over, transitions into Hurricane Rana. See? Oklahoma roll there. 100%. Ducks goes under. See how? Everything's flowing. Yeah, she's gotten really good. I really like the way that she looks. You know? become one of my new favorite women's tag teams is those two mm-hmm. i also thought that this was a really yeah, solid double team here she steps back into the ring I- I'm tag. The tag team. this tag double team i thought was very solid here whip dakota against the ropes she goes under shotsy with the elbow ember with the standing moonsault Stuff like that. I really like the way. And you know me, I've always been a little harder on Ember. I think she looks better. I remember her from Ring of Honor when she was Athena. And uh, come a long way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a singles match of Bobby Fish against Pete Dunn uh, being accompanied by uh, Oni Larkin, which I keep forgetting that that's even somewhat of a stable. You know? Yeah, because Danny Burch has been still out with injury. Yeah, the the finish to this was the bitter end. I believe he transitioned. He does a smart transition into the bitter end. Uh, see if I can bring that up for you guys here. Bear with me. I bring, I control the dial myself. This shit isn't clipped. Desperation and Fish following up, changing position. Talk about his striking ability. Fish now. Yeah, so Fish is doing the. Uh, he's trying his own. Uh, his own finger pop. Yeah. 
bicep in the shoulder. Got it. And then Pete Dunroff through here. Trying to lock in. Can he connect? Bitter around for the finish. Thought that was pretty cool. Shoots the half. Into the cover. Done. Yeah, Fish, and he's one of my favorites. I, I, I told you guys, anyone who followed me before they were here, you used to hear me go on and on about Red Dragon for years. I've watched every match of them. I always said that was the best tag team in the world. Since I started this show in 2014, I've said Red Dragon is the best tag team in the world. Best active tag team in the world. I've always said my favorite tag team of all time is the Dudleys. But uh, my favorite active tag team has always been them. And then I guess behind that would be either uh, I mean, it's a toss-up. Motor City, the Bucks, Forever Hooligans, uh, Shelton Benjamin, anyone from that era of that of that hot tag team era was really good. Yeah, no. Well, those were the good days. Yeah, they definitely were. Let's look at this rope suplex I wanted to show you guys also. Bringing this it's up kind on of the funny screen. We talked about um talked about the finish. It it's funny how he would go for for something so risky because. Done smart enough to know one of the key pieces of the bear end is that he has to have your arms basically grapevine like that. So by the time he rolled in, half the job was already done for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well done here. The side of the face of Bobby Fish once again taking control is the bruiserweight locking yeah. on a standing mm-hmm. Kimura pass. Trying to continue to focus in again. How much damage done? That surging pair tries. Look at that, man. He hit really bad there. Watch on the instant replay. You see it worse. They show it here. Kicking out at two. That was a sickening landing here as we take it. You got to be careful with that kind of shit. It's like for a company that that was so anti-pile driver for a while, they let everybody land on their heads and necks constantly now. It used to be out of the question after what happened with Stone Cold and Owen Hart. And now it's just uh, like... That, that's just, why when uh, Punk did it in the match with him and seen on Raw, it was so crazy. It's like, holy shit, he did that. Yeah, Spartan, I don't know if you watch regularly, but I'm like desensitized to the point where I see that kind of shit sometimes seven, eight times a week. You know, that's what I mean. Oh, like, yeah. it's, well, almost, it's almost weird to discard now. You know, so... um, What else? We had Mercedes Martinez against Zeta Ramirez finish being... uh. She throws Ada off the top rope. It's with the running knee and then the air raid crash. But it wasn't over because your favorite martyr for extermination. Well, first, let's get that finish sequence up. Zeta Ramirez, but this is much like Tony Storm found herself in. Same corner. But unlike Tony Storm, Martinez is not taking her eye off. Oh, that's very true, Beth. And now it's Ramirez back to her feet. Will not like the sight of a knee under the jaw. And Martinez, up goes Zeta Ramirez. And what goes up always comes crashing down. So there you go. Every crash finish there. And you're right. Absolutely right. I just thought about this. I was thinking that this is an end here. You just reminded me um, where this shit goes. So she goes over here. Here is your winner. One of my favorite storylines then comes to life here. The lights turned off for anyone who didn't know. And yeah, you hear that, right?
So when she looks to the ramp, does she see Jiangsha or whoever? Shangja? See. Yeah, she appears on the, on the Tron and blows smoke, gives it that contact, that Tron contact smoke, brings smoke via satellite. We want the satellite smoke. Don't cold smoke. No hell. And she looks to her hand. And she has the symbol. Does that mean they're going to waterboard her soon? <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna waterboard her. She's gonna be part of Team Waterboard. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. She has the symbol now. Now she's gonna learn her. What's it called again? That shit that they learn. Fuck. What I forget what the hell it's called. The uh, on the new Mortal Kombat, their ability that they learn, their Arcana oh. or whatever. Whatever that stupid shit is. It doesn't matter because we're not gonna watch those movies anymore. You lost me once you said the new Mortal Kombat. I'm going to be trying to remember from the old ones. I was like, wait, no, oh, never mind. And you got to misspell combat stasis. Don't forget, in the Mortal Kombat realm, it's combat with a K. Right. That's what makes it Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, well, they misspell it on purpose. That's the gimmick. You put the K in there so that everybody knows you're talking about Mortal Kombat. So <laughs> Melsa said that... Uh, <laughs> Melsa said that the deal with Xia Li and WWE right now is there's a big movement to have international stars for certain markets, but they have this idea, but then like with Mansoor, they have the idea, but they won't go with them, which is weird, but they want a Latin star besides Rey Mysterio because Rey's 46 years old, and they want Indian stars, which is why they got Jinder again, and they want Chinese star, which is where Zaya comes in, and Zaya's got some charisma, and she's got some martial arts ability. When she does her stuff, it kind of looks good and everything. And he doesn't know if she can make it or not, but that's the whole thing. She's a project. And Mercedes Martinez has been around for probably close to 20 years. So Mercedes's job is to help season Zia Lee. So that's why they're doing this program now. So this is from Melser. So in case anyone's wondering, I don't know how accurate that is. So we'll have to see exactly where it goes. So I guess she's going to be part of the stable now. Or work or just feud with her one or the other. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I have to see because I really like everything that they're doing with the, with Zia Lee right now. I'm indifferent oh, yeah. on Mercedes Martinez. She's all right. I will need to see more of her though. Uh, so Cameron Grimes, he finally has his meeting with Ted DiBiase, and I think it was one of you guys that said that Cameron Grimes is a face now. Does that is that is he a face now? Like how is he a face? Well, considering what happened, I guess so. Okay, what happened was what's his name came out. Um, L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight came out, and. <laughs> Get out of this ring, or I'm going to kick your ass to the moon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the moon. So, Ted, as I was trying And Ted gets in on that shit. I mean, Ted sort of leaves with this guy. So, is Ted aligning himself with LA Knight? And. So what did they do? It's like a double turn. It looks kind of like it. it looks like it looks like DiBiase turned heel and then Grimes turned face. You're just never going to yeah. get it, are you? Because DiBiase was the baby face in this whole thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a double turn. I haven't seen a good double turn in a while. So Cameron Grimes is a baby face now, essentially, by that little twist of the wrist there. Hey, as much as he entertains the people, I ain't at it. Yeah, I love Cameron Grimes. He's doing great. He's so... I never knew this level of comedy existed in him. 
No, not at all. He's hilarious here. This is fucking, this is not, this is the best stuff I've ever seen him do. Mm-hmm. So, in the Hartwell discovers Dexter Loomis's stalker room, and she's heartbroken because she realizes that when she was getting the massage and she was talking shit about him, that it was him who was giving the massage while her eyes were covered, and that he realized and he's heartbroken and this is conveyed very clever because one of his pictures on the damn wall is literally him standing over her with the massage thing where she has the whatever the shit they put in your eyes and uh the cucumbers the cucumbers yeah and you see like a, a knife in his heart that he drew oh, Dexter Dexter see oh I'm so heartbroken you know this is this is worse than than uh when he was stalking Christy Hemi remember those days oh, back in TNA God. I'll never forget that just because of the fucking one thing when Ken Anderson popped up his room and this motherfucker shows up. What are you doing in my bedroom? Yeah, he's Baby definitely face, something, man. man. Shout out to my buddy Jason Cook, who uh, used to hang out with this guy. I think he still does. He was a big TNA mark and he used to do stuff with them, but he used to always be with this guy. And I'll look at him in NXT. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happens with that. Um,. Finally, you get the debut of Frankie Monet against Cora Jade, right? Yep. Oh, she's finally here. Is, this, is that what this is right here? Yeah, this is her I don't like all that shit she has on her. Yeah, that's you know? too much. Like, just wear less stuff. She's trying to. She's trilingual. They talk about that, how she knows English, Spanish, and French fluidly. Which is pretty cool. She chose the name Frankie Monet for anybody who was wondering about that. And we've always said that she's a good worker, you know. There's no question about that. I like her look a lot, you know. And she's really brutal, you know. Oh, she is smash mouth. You know, it's funny that her bougie gimmick when she gets in the ring, like when we know her actual style as Ty Valkyrie, she'll beat the shit out of you. You know, she's a bigger girl too, you know. She's a lot more like a Beth Phoenix, which is why she has the glam slam. And, uh, but yeah, she looks really good here. Oh yeah, she's always looked great. I've been a fan of her for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really solid stuff. And the finish, uh, let's get to that. That was uh, a series of moves. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll start it over here. Right around here, we should be able to get it. Hit it with the spear. Just angered Frankie Monet more than anything. And there's that strength on display, planting Jade center of the ring. And well, what's next for that? Was basically like a sit out power bomb. Well, that smile quickly going off the face of Monet, and now Monet hoisting up Jade. That looks familiar. Certainly did is Frankie Monet into the cover and the world. I like that Beth acknowledged it. That looks familiar. It's gotta be cool that she gets to hit Beth's old move in front of her. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. I, I wonder if it was was it Beth inspired though? Was was it Beth inspired? It used to be what Road to Valhalla or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the move's original name used to, when Ty used it, it used to be the Road to Valhalla. I don't know what the new name is though. Yeah, yeah. Neither do I. I, I would. That's the one thing reason I, I wish they would have kept a Ty of Valkyrie because Road to Valhalla just sounds badass. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, what else do we have? We had finally we had uh Karrion Cross with Scarlet defending his title against Finn Balor, and uh, the finish to this is Balor essentially he winds up getting choked out by Cross. Yep, goes right? to sleep. 
Yeah, which I heard they they basically he's getting they want to call him back up to the main roster now, right? Is this the rumor going around? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. I feel like this guy's just not really doing anything memorable in WWE main roster or otherwise. You know. But this is the choke out here for you guys getting get to see it. Again, I don't really feel like he's doing anything too memorable here, you know, at least in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, Cross got a good push. He looked good in the match. Um, let's put some spots up here. You got the crucifix against the barricade that I thought was cool right here. Yeah, that's a good display of brutality there. Uh, you get a good Finn Balor dive spot. Wouldn't be a match without one of those. Notice that he doesn't go to that as often as he used to. It's more of like it's become more of like one of his big match moves now. Mm-hmm. line over the top. Let's see, it's the top. So yeah, you get those dive spots. Really good looking stuff. Oh yeah, that was NXT. Like I said, NXT is my the, the show that offends me the least out of all of the shows. You know, like NXT. Most of the time, I laugh and I enjoy it. I like all of the characters. They're the best characters right now. And of course, we got a uh, like everything. Everything that's going on here is something really solid when it comes to the NXT universe. You know, no complaints, zero complaints. Uh, Bronson Reed, which by the way, Legato Fantasma, they come to jump him. So there's another little storyline thing we didn't bring up. Represents Mexico, which means it belongs to me. So you can probably realize by now your little celebration is over, mate. Look, they're going to shield him. Which is take what's mine. Tag champ for the run-in. That's it. Babyface has cleared a ring there. And Balor, I don't know. We'll have to see what's next for him, right? Yeah, well, definitely. So NXT did an overnight average of 698,000 fans. They're still floating low. They're actually further down by 2,000 from last week with a point thirteen in the 18 to 49 demographic. They're still dropping. So uh, yeah, that's... they went from 700,000 down to 698. So that's a little bit rough. Dynamite, we already talked about on last night's post show. That was Friday Night Dynamite. We will not be doing the Dynamites for a while during... Uh, I mean, we will still be doing it, but but we're not going to do it as like a weekly since they're going to be on Fridays for a while. That hurt them really badly. That's why I said they shouldn't have done it. They did an overnight average of 500,000, half a million. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's the that lowest ever. One. They were, they were at 821. Kind of the fact that it's Memorial Day weekend, but yeah, that the moving yeah, well, It was a shitty weekend. It's, it's, it's a shitty weekend to move. It's a shitty, it's, yeah. it's a shitty time to add it. But yeah, they went from 821,000. Both them mm-hmm. and SmackDown dropped. So yeah, that was yeah. just a bad weekend overall. Down to 500,000. And again, you guys know I haven't liked the show. I think the pay-per-view is the first time they haven't been terrible. Not even just passable, terrible in a long time. Like uh, all of the Wednesdays have been torture, really, with just a few good spots. So part of that, sure, we could say it's on Fridays and everything, but I think that if they had a better show, they wouldn't have seen a drop like that, honestly. 
Yeah, it wouldn't have hit them as hard. Yeah, like the, the AEW just has not been been good for all. Like I said, they got to go back to when they were all in and all out and just change this up a lot. Which, uh, from what we're hearing, um, they're going to be doing three weeks of taping. It's starting to sound more and more like TNA the more I hear about it. They're going to be taping the June 4th, the June 5th. And uh, I guess the, they're going to be doing the Saturday Dynamite that is going to be taped or something. Because uh, the next live taping is, is June 26th, which is a Saturday. And I believe they're going to be on this next Friday. And I think the Friday after. So it's going to be a while. I told you guys before, we're going to be into some Fridays for a good bit. It's going to be into the middle of July before they're back at their regular slot. And even that's temporary because in the long run, they're going to move, you know, to TBS. So and then if they do on June 26th on Saturday, have dynamite, they're going to be going up against a UFC event. So that might have to change. But for the time being, we're going to be getting dynamites on Fridays and some of them are going to be taped. So. There is a lot of ratings, Spartan, and there's a lot of wrestling to take in, and not everyone has time, but that doesn't change the fact that the show that's not even trying to book Raw is just kicking ass. Like, they're not touching. They were in a Wednesday Night War with NXT, in the meantime, it's like they're not touching SmackDown or Monday Night Raw ratings. They're just not. You know what I mean? It takes a lot more. And at the end of the day, we can't just say that it's that it's not because they're not a good wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like there are things that raw has and SmackDown has that these other shows do not. And uh, yes, one of them is the looks of the town. As much as people don't like to look at it, everybody on raw and SmackDown look like big, believable, intimidating guys. And sometimes that fact is more into the wrestling talent of someone who's like five foot one. You know what I mean? Like Roman Reigns looks like a badass and he acts like a badass. He carries himself like a badass. So does Bobby Lashley. You know, Drew McIntyre acts like a badass. These are all badass champions, you know, even carrying cross. When you look at it, these guys are intimidating. They're laying their shit in. Now they're working stiffer. You know what I mean? And it's like the show has a big fight feel to it. There's something about the sets as much as we, we knock it, the, the lighting, the design, the presentation. This was done by no accident for Raw to be where it is. And AEW just isn't there yet. So even though I agree with the fact that there's a saturation point right now with wrestling, I also feel like people are still going to the top stuff. People are still going to Raw like they always do. And a lot of people still don't know about AEW. And uh, again, every time they've had an opportunity to show themselves, they've blown it. We we were on here talking about it. The 500,000 people that bothered to tune in got a bad show before a good pay-per-view. They're not even going to get that 500,000 this next Friday, I don't think. Let's see. Because let's not forget, we're talking about 500,000. We're talking about Memorial Day and uh, how it's on Fridays and all those things. Heard it next Friday. May not be Memorial Day, but now it's summer and it's getting hot and there's more things going on and ratings always drop to things in the summertime and uh, they're still going to be on Fridays. And I, I think that show, those 500,000 people, good luck getting them to come back to watch a bunch of jobber matches two weeks in a row. I got to look over at my Facebook feed to see that we're still live. We're live. Good. Just being honest, guys, you know, I'm not trying to shit on your thing. And I mean, not for nothing. I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at the point where I think a lot of people just hate watch Raw. Um, I, I I think at this point a lot of people hate watch wrestling when you really look at it. Yeah, you know I can't just I mean, hold it point, against Raw. Right. Raw's not terrible. Raw's Raw's too repetitive to be bad. They just but that's the problem just, is that it's so repetitive. Yeah, like like when when I can be in the next room and be able to cover Raw piece for piece, that's a problem. Like even like Impact shitty, but Impact sometimes like originally shitty. Yeah. And no, I'm not at the point like because we cover things on here, I wouldn't be able to go in and show you guys the spot. Unfortunately, I do enjoy doing that because I love the show. I wouldn't be able to go in and timestamp and show you guys physical spots and botches if I didn't watch the whole thing. 
So unfortunately, I would. Before I was doing this, I used to catch highlights or watch things and fast forward. Like I watch it because we're that's what we're here to do. We're here to see what was good and what was bad. That's what we're analyzing these shows. We know certain things are going to be bad. So I don't really skip anything. Raw probably is, has my least attention now. And that's only because I'm putting together this program. And this program, like I said before, because we have all of the scripts in front of us as far as the, the, the news, the articles, the links that we're sharing in real time, the videos, it sometimes takes up to five, six hours to put together. You know, and that's why I've always said vocally, uh, streaming, game streaming, when we do it on here, uh, the girlfriend and myself, when I was game streaming, it is by no means as demanding or taxing as podcasting. That's why we have more streamers out there than fucking podcasters. It ain't as easy, you know? So, uh, anyway, SmackDown is next on this wonderful list. Skipping right over to A from AEW, which, uh, I do like SmackDown. You guys have always known I've been cool about SmackDown here. You had Usos yeah, versus the... for me has been one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. You had the Usos versus the Street Profits. I should put SmackDown in our system before I get started so that I could jump clips if I need to. But yeah, we had the uh, Usos versus Street Profits as the as the uh, first match. And the Usos won. They, yeah. they super kick Montez Ford's face. It makes them look bad because they talk so much shit. And this guy came off of injury and put you in your place. And was like, yeah, my division. You better hope I mean, that they still have problems with Roman. Team that's been here forever. I mean, they're six. I love how like Michael Cole called it an upset. It's like these are fucking six-time tag team champions and twin brothers. Yeah, There's Montez a Ford level of experience that you cannot outdo with that. Good Montez Ford dive. I was like showing these. Oh, and Montez Ford. Oh my lord! Really solid by him. That guy's wild. Um, Tamina and Natalia versus the Riot Squad. Because why? First of all, Tamina, the finish is Tamina goes over with the Superfly Splash, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to show you guys how they start this match. I really need you to see this shit. This is, this, but there's some bad production problems with SmackDown. This is this. Insurance. Progressive shout out to our tag team champs here. The Riot Squad with a. Big opportunity. They take on the tag champs live next. It is the Riot Squad versus the tag team champions, Tamina and Natalia match. What the fuck? Natalia in the ring with Ruby Riot, tag mate. Here comes Liv Morgan. Dude, when did we start? What? <laughs> Hold on. What? What happened? When did we start matches like this? Run it back one more time for the kids in the back seats. Look at this. Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, that shit. Yeah, they say, run that back one more time. We got to see it. What the fuck? They take on the tag champs live next. It is the Riot Squad versus the tag team champions. <laughs> Tamina and Natalia matchup is underway. Natalia in the ring with Ruby Riot tag mate. They, it's like, could they be any more obvious about how little they give a shit about them? That's like, they were just in the ring. The match, they, we didn't even see how to start it. It was just like, all right, we're, they're wrestling. No picture and picture, nothing. They were just, they couldn't wait all to get the them out of here. That they have all the fancy sets and everything. This company does not give a fuck about tag teams. Everybody else gives a shit. Because all I'm saying is when, when we get to Raw, you probably didn't catch it, but holy shit, I caught what wasn't there. But um, yeah, this, this company, it, which I love how all of a sudden now, because it's quote unquote tag team week, 
they all of a sudden give a shit because apparently on not only here but NXT and SmackDown, all the tag titles are going to be on the line. And you know what? You think Tamina and Natalia are a giant botch? Not for nothing, man. But Tamina and Natalia have been doing really good. This is the best I've seen Natalia in her entire career. I mean, not Natalia, Tamina and her entire career. Breakout role. This is the best I've seen Tamina in her entire career, rather. Natalia is always damn near perfect. The only thing that was a botch on this was the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad. It wouldn't surprise me if you never see them again because clearly they don't want to push them and they're reluctant about having them around. But man they were botchy i want to show you guys this and i hate to do it because i was really pushing for them but this is just the inexperience that sometimes maybe we don't see all the time that the wwe does look at this shit man so got the chance first and they've been looking Liv comes in with that this is the tag here comes a double team so they're going first of all you see how she jumped there she fucked up at the jump they're going for like a wheelbarrow type thing oh you see how fucking shitty that looked man the you whole the thing, the dude, whole I thing. I like them better than the team that was an established tag team that is somehow fucking up this bad. I just want to bring it back one more time so you can see that sequence without me stopping. They're trying, they're trying too hard. Yeah. And they've been looking very dominant. Look at, look at Liv's jump here. First the jump. Then that she, the whole fucking thing. Now. As much as we criticize WWE, one thing I could say is that stuff like that is a no-no on SmackDown. SmackDown's always been the show ever since Paul Heyman's run it that's gotten the reputation for being the show that does have the polish when it comes to the in-ring work. It is the Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle show. You know what I mean? It is the Edge show. You know, it is the Daniel Bryan show. That So it's like, that's the wrong fucking place. Of all the places that they could have put them on to give them a shot for them to look like that, I couldn't think of a worse one, especially during this season where they will get rid of your ass. You know? Now, this match had other issues, too. Apparently, before the match, Tamina was attacked. Why didn't we see that? Why did, why did it cut to commercial? Now, I need you to see something here. This is what they do. Point out, Pat, that Tamina's not on the apron. She was attacked before this match even started. She is down and out outside the ring. When? When was she attacked before the match started? Why didn't we see that? Why did you cut to commercial and come back and the match was already in fucking progress? Why am I finding about this halfway through the match? You didn't let me see that corner to see that she wasn't there. But it doesn't end there. Look at Tamina. What is she? Is she crouched down there? That's a bad shot of her. She looks like she's crouched down waiting for a spot. That doesn't look like someone down and out. That looks like somebody crouched down waiting for the moment to come back into the fucking match. Why would you give me that camera angle after reminding me that she was taken out? Make up your mind. Am I supposed to see that she's taken out? Keep the camera off now, stupid. You see what I mean? Like, how the fuck did they do this? Is that her crouched down or am I seeing this wrong? It looks like she's crouched. But you know what the bad part is? That looks like she's crouched. Like, she didn't expect the camera to have that spot. Fool, maybe the camera shouldn't have had that spot. It was like at the exact yeah, same time yeah, Michael Cole's exactly. telling us. You could tell if she's there crouched down, that means that camera was not supposed to be filming at that angle. But at the same time, why have somebody get taken out off camera to have a match that's a handicap match to then explain yeah. to us that she was taken down to then show us that she's okay? Waiting. What was all that cut for? Fucking raw cameraman get to this shit. I don't know. They didn't even bother. They didn't even bother to, when you come back from commercial, you could use picture in picture and be like, this is what you missed. And in the picture in picture during the match, which was mainly rest holds and botches, show us the fucking partner. Why was there no care put into this? Like, I don't give a fuck either way. So if that's what you were going for, you succeeded. I'm just reporting on it. But I'm just saying, why was there not more care put into that? There wasn't a picture in picture you could show or something with all the graphics and transitions that we have of the fact that somebody got jumped. One of the tag team champions of this show got jumped before the fucking match and is now down out in the corner. Can you give me a visual, please? That's why I have the screen on. This isn't radio. 
But anyway, that's how they dealt with it. It wasn't good for Tamina and Natalia. It wasn't good for the Riot Squad. It didn't really make anybody look good here. You know, everybody's botching. Nobody got heat for this. Riot Squad is dead in the waters. Nobody gives a fuck about them. But more importantly, yeah, I didn't make your tag team champions look good. Yeah, garbage. Garbage. Mielda. Carmella versus Bianca Belair. Finish being X Factor. X Factor gets countered into the KOD. And uh, I will show you guys. I thought that looks really cool. Plus, I, I just like seeing the KOD. Who doesn't, right? You're not a wrestling fan right, if you don't like seeing it. Yes, yeah, so let's get that up on the screen here. Here you go. Bailey, you don't have a problem with Carmella. She goes for the X Factor very briefly. You see her going to the stands for it, but not happening because we're going to bring you around, bring her up. Beautiful. Yeah, Bianca's awesome. Fantastic stuff. And uh, for me, the star of this match was Bailey. Bailey, I've seen run-ins. Bailey with the climbing was one of the creepiest fucking things. It was like, I didn't know what was going on. You have to look at Michael Cole. He's somewhat corpsing here. <laughs> like her her timing. Let me see if I could get the exact spot here. So right around here, Bailey shows up. She climbs over from behind Michael Cole. I guess she was behind the Thunderdome or something. But the way she her mannerisms and her voice, man. Look at Michael Cole. Just really watch this shit. She says, hey, what's the pecking order and why am I not at the top Ding of it? Ding dong! Hello, Michael Cole! Hello. The way she... <laughs> what in the... Oh, fuck. The way she fucking climbed. Hello! Ding dong! Hello! And it's the glasses that fucked me up. <sighs> oh, my God, dude. She couldn't be any more fucking obnoxious. I'm Hey, what's the pecking order? Why am I not- look at the way she crawls? She slithers. And look at Cole's face for this whole thing. Give me a chair. Back here. She was back here. She was back here. Look. Cole can't fucking deal with it. Great. No, Pat. She was on the street. What do you think? Well, well. I like how Pat, Pat's fantastic, by the way. But Pat, I like how she was, she was back there. Like, what fuck she came from. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, Seth Rollins, does he have new music? Or was that there before? Or That music has been there since I wanted to say Mania. Did it always do the burn it down all those times, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I just haven't been paying attention to it. Because I thought that was really weird, man. Like, when I heard the music. And look at his outfits now, man. They're getting more and more outlandish. The architect, Seth Rollins, who has targeted... What the hell is he wearing? As of late. Looking amazing. Looking fresh. Cannot wait to see Seth Rollins. Rollins is locked. I'm kind of getting annoyed with him changing his music, you know? Yeah, because it just left it the same. But no, we have to change the music. Just leave the fucking music the same. Yeah, no, that really gets on my nerves, man. I don't even remember his Ring of Honor um, music anymore. That's how long it's been since he was Tyler Black, you know? And they, there's rumors that they wanted to uh, make him babyface so that they could have a good feud with him against uh, Roman. What do you think Why of that? Why do they have to feud again? I want I've the, watched him feud several times. I don't need to see it again. If he goes babyface, I want him to have his NXT music or his FCW music. <laughs> yeah, but you know they ain't doing that shit. Is that this one? Let me see if I could bring it up. 
I thought that was great babyface music for him. Is this it? Yeah. When he used to swing the title around over his head, the FCW title, he would swing it yeah. over his head like a tornado whenever he won a match. That was the Rollins I like, man, with the blonde streak in his hair and he was wild and shit, you know? See, that's badass music to give somebody. If he goes babyface again, I'd like something like that instead, you know? Yeah, you know they're not going to do it, though. Yeah, they should. But whoever made that music probably fired and they want to pay him. Oh, yeah, I, I think that might have been Jim Johnson. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. If it's anything from his era or like CFO Chang, yeah, they ain't doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens versus Apollo Crews match gets thrown out almost immediately because Aziz hits Owens with the Samoan spike from ringside. And then next week, Owens gets a title match and Aziz is banned from ringside, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, Reigns and Jay have a heart to heart. And I think it's very well done because I was thinking, how are you going to put the spin on him that he's not going to want these tag team titles as a, as a guy whose entire life has been in the tag team? And he made a very compelling point as a heel. It's doing right by you, doing right by our family, and we'll figure it out for your brother, but your main event, Jay Uso, now. Think about this. When we go according to my plan, what happens? What do you do? You close SmackDown. As soon as your brother comes back, what happens? You relegate it to the opening match? I just don't want you to go back to a place where people look at you and say, which one are you again? Never thought about it like that, Oof. Got him. I just don't want you to go back to a time when they can only tell you apart because one of your action figures has a crutch. Oh, my God. (laughs) That stuff is still really cool. Oh, yeah. With all the firings and things that have happened, Pat McAfee loves WWE and it shows. He marks out, and that's what they need. They need a guy. That's the only thing that they've done right. They need a guy who can mark out and be Pat McAfee. Have you seen how how much he marked out to Nakamura's music? Yes. Look at this guy. He really is. I like his enthusiasm, man. I'm glad that he turned out to be all right. Right. I grew. He, he grew on me, damn it, and I'm glad he did. Fuck sakes. So we come across another SmackDown production problem today. Almost the same shit happens. Explain this one to me now. I got to bring this up on the screen here. Give me a minute to find the exact spot, and I don't want to spoil it in case you already 
whoever didn't see it. <laughs> do you know which one I'm going to talk about? I don't think I do. This is why I'm excited. Oh my god! Where do you see this one? To me, was another one where it was like, "What the fuck happened here?" Like, am I am I what? So here we have Ray, and I thought this was a cool scene. It's like they can't let me enjoy anything. I just thought this was a cool, almost like a lucha libre type thing. You got Ray Mysterio crouched down. He's praying before his match. That's something very lucha. And his son comes up to him. Yeah, I just thought that's a little cool moment I have before the we cut to commercial. Matches live next on SmackDown. Right, cut to commercial, right? Watch when we cut back. You okay? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Speak to me, Ray. You good? What happened? You okay? What happened? Come on, Ray. You good? What the fucking fuck? What happened? Indeed. Why do they? Did, who wrote? The, who, who's directed this? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith knows the disrespect. I love Silent Bob. But Kevin Smith has openly talked about how he can't do violent scenes in movies. He's not a good director for that. So if you ever watch a Kevin Smith movie, I might be ruining it for you. But you always see, you never see the violence. You always might see a shot from outside the room. Like if someone goes into a room and pulls out a gun, you might get like a shot of the hallway and hear the sound effects. And then when it cuts back in, everybody's dead. Think about a lot of Kevin Smith shit that you've watched. You know? So it's like, this is what it reminds me. It's like every time something violent happens... We hear it, and then we get the shot afterwards. He says, you beat me to it. No, he said, no, close, Kevin Dunn. It's not Kevin Smith. But I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, why the fuck? So another assault, and we don't see who did it or what happened. But don't, uh, it just could have been put together better than between the commercial break. And if the match was coming up next, why would him and Dominic need to separate for that moment anyway? And it's how big would the place be that he wouldn't have passed whoever ambushed him or no one would have heard anything? I know the suspension of disbelief, but good Lord, man. It's almost like they just, the fucking writers weren't here a few weeks ago. Like they're just experiencing Raw like that Verk guy for the first time. And then for some reason, in this reality, because we're no longer in our reality, Ziggler thinks that they should be awarded the titles because they're injured. If that's the way that matches work, then why would Miz have needed to feign injury against Lashley on Raw when he was WWE champion to get out of competing and hold on to the belt? I thought you needed to be medically cleared. That's one of the first things being medically cleared. They're not going to send you out there by yourself like they're doing. And, and here's what makes it even worse. I know exactly what Lupo he was trying to work with the whole thing of, oh, you can't defend the championship within 30 days. You have to uh, be relin- you have to relinquish the title. Those fuckers didn't defend them for 83. And then here's the really sad part. I don't like the Dirty Dogs. I think they suck. But that's no good oh, business move for them. And whole. Dominic was out there. It wasn't like last week where he came out shortly after. Dominic was out there for almost the whole main event by himself. And he held his own. He, they couldn't cover him. He kept kicking out. And then finally, at the end of the fucking match, Ray's music hits. And that's enough. Doing everything he can. That's enough for them to get distracted. And Dominic goes over. He beat both of these guys. Translation, break up the job or two and both of them are fucking superstars. And I like Dominic. Uh-oh, double team now. First of all, you, you had a tag title shot. Somehow you finessed the stupid tag title shot. You were successful at it. All you have to do is beat him by himself. You had a match worth of time. You had a match worth of time. Ray didn't get out there in time for this. And you fucking lose. Oh, wait a minute. And this is what causes the distraction. And Dominic taking advantage of the distraction. Look at that, dude. 
What idiot? Oh, they made them look like far from green. They made them look like scrubs, man. Because they made them look like are. scrubs. He was nothing more than scrubs. Like they couldn't beat Dominic by himself with like a seven, eight minute match, and all it took was Ray's music. Dominic, they couldn't beat Dominic and his music. They're never gonna beat him and Ray. Don't show me those guys anymore. I don't care what about the fucking bottom dogs. They made them look how they are. Is a nothing tag team that they are a jobber team. They had no business in that main event. Like if people like I've had people ask me why I always joke about the whole thing with like Ziggler guy or Ty. Oh, he must have signed his contract. Oh well, that fucking why. I look like George is talking about Dominic can't hold up in the ring. Did you not watch his two Seth Rollins matches? He's really good, man. That kid is fantastic. So SmackDown did an overnight average of 1.755 million viewers, 0.40 in the 18 to 49 demographic. See what I mean about those big chunky numbers? And it's a SmackDown that I was able to pick apart, you know, and they're down from from last week where they were at. Where, yeah, because last week they were 1.993 million, almost 2 million viewers, man. Those are the numbers that where do, do you want to hit when you're a big wrestling company? Yeah, but see, SmackDown smashes everybody, including Raw at this point. So like whenever I'm looking at the numbers, I don't even worry about SmackDown anymore. Yeah. Like, Raw can't touch SmackDown. Last step on this ride, Raw, with last week's Raw earning an overnight of 1.62 million viewers with a with a 0.45 in the 18 to 49 demographic. See those numbers compared to like, like a 0.7 or a 0.18 or a 0.19? Those are big money numbers, man, whether you like it or not. They don't have big money booking. That's a different I, story. But uh, they, they actually, because uh, you mentioned it, they brought... Um, they brought in the new announcer, former Bellator and American Ninja Warrior announcer, Jimmy Smith. Yeah, they bring Jimmy Smith in to replace um, Virk. And this is, just, this is just another mistake, in my opinion, at the end of the day. He tweeted out and he said, hey, guys, well, it's been a busy day. Apparently, WWE liked my work so far. I know I'm stepping into a new world. I was a Mr. Perfect and Bruiser Brody fanatic, however. But no, I'll do everything I can to honor the athletes and the fans. Watch Monday and judge my work for yourself. Okay, and uh, how do you think he did today? I mean, he's just, I mean, he's done combat sports before, so I knew he was at least going to be better than some guy who didn't know what the fuck he was doing. But yeah, he I could tell he was uncomfortable in this environment. You know, he's never done anything like wrestling before, but I feel like, give him a little bit of time, I think he could get better. Definitely needs to, but at least they have somebody who actually knows something about combat sports this time around. In 2019, he tweeted, I haven't watched pro wrestling since I was in grade school. The only thing that would bring me back would be Chow Sonnen as a manager in WWE. He'd be the best heel oh, mouthpiece yeah, since Bobby the Brain Heenan. So, I mean, he hasn't even been keeping up with the product. You know what I mean? He was, yeah, he was that basically, was in 2019, though. We don't know what he did in 2020. Two years isn't enough, man. That's like a fucking... It's more it's like a day. Fucking, what's his kid had? Yeah, but not, to, not for Raw. Or the fucking seven matches Jenkins. Like, yeah, again, not for real. And at this point, let's be real. Since 2019, all he has to do is watch one highlight, and he's seen the last two years of Raw. Yeah, but then that's not part of the... Then he come part of the problem instead of the solution. I mean, yeah, I guess he's better than the last guy, but we, we had a good guy. I don't know what happened with Tom Phillips. I need to hear more of the story in regards to him. They're anyway. I'm not going to tell that story because it's going to sound as dumb as they think it's going to sound. Yeah. Anyway, I want to get out of here. So let's speed through. There's not much to talk about with Raw. I'm not highlighting. You know, I never highlight Raw since it just happened. I don't have the time. But uh, the main things that happened, you had Miz TV, which I guess they're going to keep him. I'm hearing his injuries about nine months from now is when he'll be cleared. So he's going to be doing a lot of Miz TV. Stay home for nine months so I don't have to hear this shit again. 
Miss TV with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Nikki Cross crashes this. And everyone's so obsessed with these fucking beat the clock challenges, which last week I criticized because Nikki Cross is happy because she's able to survive in a match for two minutes. Even someone who was trying to contend for a championship. Oh, I can survive for two minutes against you. So it's like that shit is nonsense. Um, She winds up slapping Charlotte to goad her into taking this two minute challenge, which becomes Charlotte versus Nikki Cross. And Charlotte can't beat Nikki's two minute challenge. The second week in a so row, we dealt default, with this nonsense. They need to... So by default, they now need to make it a three-way because clearly she can last two minutes against the Raw Women's Champion and the number one fucking contender. She should have never been put in a spot where that was her goal since they should make her seem more formidable than that. Uh, Orton has a match against Woods. Orton goes over with the bro Derek. Riddle marks out. The reason is because earlier backstage, uh, he warns Riddle not to steal his move but that he's willing to do this tag team and he invites him ringside to watch his match so that he'll learn something, takes him out with the bro Derek. Um... Shayna loses to Reggie thanks to more magical weird shit, I'm assuming, from Alexa Bliss. Yep, it is. Um, uh, alluding to later on, she was on Alexa's playground. They're going to do something yeah. next week. So Yeah. Mason T-Bar versus Lucha House Party with Mason T-Bar going over. Maybe they're going to do something with them because Lucha House Party had momentum up until this point. <sighs> I fucking doubt uh, it. Sheamus has a match against Ricochet. Humberto runs in for some reason. And uh, I believe Ricochet gets pinned first, right? And then Humberto comes yeah. in to be the next guy and it becomes Sheamus versus Humberto. Sheamus basically said he'll beat them both one after the other because they jumped him and some other stupid bullshit. Basically, another week, another week with no defense for Sheamus. Right. And it becomes Sheamus versus Humberto. Humberto essentially broke Sheamus's nose, right? Yeah, he busted this shit open bad and this is what i mean about everybody working stiff lately you're seeing a lot of stiff hits somebody just got their nose broken you know in the middle of this match that's pretty crazy i kind of regret that raw just happened because i would have loved to have that spot on here to show you guys but maybe we'll bring it back later next week when we go through injuries most likely but yeah he was bleeding he was leaking for that match huh oh yeah yeah there's a lot of potatoes lately on raw i gotta say uh and he pins both of them. I mean, they both pin him. So it makes him look really bad. It looks loose. Like these young guys came out. You're talking all the shit. They kicked your ass, broke your nose, and both pinned you. You know, now go so home. basically, the next time I see Sheamus on TV, he better be defending that goddamn title. I can't believe he still has the title amongst all that shit. Because say what you want about AEW, that TNT title has been defended more than any other fucking championships. It's such a dry storyline. So dry. Actually, both the medical titles are shit right now because Apollo's doing this shit with Aziz or whatever his tips is. Fucking Sheamus hasn't defended the goddamn belt since WrestleMania. Like, what? Yeah. See what I'm saying about those? See what I'm saying about those numbers? Something about them numbers ain't sitting right if fucking two mid-card titles are shit at this point. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke go over Naomi and Lana. Because why? Uh, Cedric goes over Shelton again. In like a three minute. seconds, it was like a really brief match he here. Poked him in the eye, neuralized him, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. And because it's Memorial Day, Elias first shits on Jackson Riker by implying that he doesn't know what it takes to be in the war. When we've talked on here about how Riker in TNA used to be Gunner, and when he first teamed with James Storm, one of my favorite promos when they asked James Storm why he's teamed with him was James Storm went, "Why? Because this man has killed people before." <laughs> you know, and I remember thinking that's a good answer. You know, so we know he's a legit gunner. He served, he did serve two two tours in Iraq. And, uh, but because of Memorial Day, not only do we have them mock that, but we have Jackson Riker, uh, get fucking turned on by Elias. He, so basically they wanted, they wanted to make it where he served twice and then got served once. So good job with that. Which the funny thing about it is that was a raw tag team title match. Did you notice anything off during this match? Uh, 
Well, actually, during the whole thing in general, you, you, you're going to get a kick out of this one. What's that? The Raw Tag Team titles. The, the, the Raw Tag Team champions who were defending their Raw Tag Team titles didn't come out with the titles. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. You didn't see the fucking belts until the match, until the end of the match. You're talking about with AJ and Omas. That's right. I didn't even mm-hmm. mention who they were facing. They're facing AJ and Omas. This was a tag title thing. They didn't even have the belts with them. Maybe the belts were missing. I don't know, man. That's what I mean. There's just production well, errors you know and holes is? and that stuff would, everywhere. That would, that would work if then when the match was over, they didn't get handed their tag titles. <laughs> See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying about that one point whatever million they get? That high yeah. number doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> oh, no, it and never does. A lot of people on there just like to talk shit. But that goes with movies too. Movies, box office movies are done by the hype of the movie, and then people go in the movie could suck, but it'll still kill with the box office numbers. George, if they didn't want Omos with the belt, they wouldn't have put the belt on him at WrestleMania. You gotta try harder, man. Fucking hilarious. Jesus said maybe they left him at Outback Steakhouse. I'm fucking done. Oh my god. Wow. Outback Steakhouse. Isn't that where? Isn't that where Jericho lost his belt? Yep. Was it? I think. Was the Jericho lose his belt in an out outback steakhouse? I feel like it was an outback or a Longhorn one. And yet on his podcast he promotes Omaha steaks, which is a Jericho. You steak whore. <laughs> He's a steak whore. I'm calling it here. Jericho's a fucking steak whore. <laughs> you even left your belt for steaks, and it wasn't even the Omaha ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. He's a steak whore. Not just a tag team whore like Guevara said. He's a steak whore. <laughs> Maybe if you want the Omaha steaks, that shit wouldn't have happened. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that oh, single segue was more entertaining than all of Raw. Holy shit. What else happened in Raw? I literally stopped my notes there to get on here to start setting up our gear and shit. I, oh, I, I know when you tell me, I'll remember. I don't, oh, yeah, that's right. Kofi Fort McIntyre. Did I miss anything between that? Kofi Fort McIntyre. Nah, nothing important. And lastly, we'll face Drew because Drew goes over with his clay. More. Yeah, and, and kudos to uh, Woods and, and uh, Kingston dressing like Power Rangers. And also, I believe Graves, was it Graves who made a Dragon's Lord reference out there? I believe it was. Holy shit. Wow, look at that. So, yeah, yeah, we're getting Drew and Lashley yet again. Hopefully, it'll be inside the cell, and hopefully, it will be the end of the rivalry. But if Lashley goes over again, and that was their plan all along to have him carry it into SummerSlam, it's going to make me wonder why it couldn't have been Kofi. Like, they're not that Kofi would need to win, but why not give Kofi that, that spot so we didn't have Lashley again? Well, you mean Drew again, right? L- Drew again, rather, yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know. Because, yeah, I would have much rather seen somebody who, funny thing about it, is Kofi using his, his promos, has actually beaten Lashley. Oh, George, it's going to be Drew again. It's going to be Drew again at the pay-per-view. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it's getting dry. It's fucking bone dry at this point. Well, that's why we don't just cover that, you know? I don't want to saturate the community with just that shit. Look how little time we spend on Raw versus all the other stuff we talk. Right. So, anything else that we have to talk about on this? Um, nothing else new, but I do have a minor update. I saw that uh, Sheeta actually broke her silence about uh, the whole Willie Urbina thing. I actually have her tweet right in front of me. Um, basically says, I didn't want to talk about this before my big day so let me tell you now i don't give a shit what other people say about my race because i love and am and i'm proud of it and because i know which is fool i don't even anger so don't need so no don't need to worry about me thank you all right well very class that's what i expected for her oh yeah and nothing else really right up oh, that's it all right all right then guys that being said 
don't forget that there's other content on these channels wherever you are watching this unless it's just a podcast form then you should go to talkbrunch.com for more links but we have twitch and facebook we do gaming stuff throughout the week we're going to be bringing up some new games this week that we're going to be streaming randomly usually check in the evenings and also follow talk brunch on twitter at talk brunch one word and that usually will drop the announcement when we are going live that way you do not miss any of the other stuff if you're burnt out on wrestling because we do other stuff here and you might enjoy it and during those streams you can come in and banter with us about anything it doesn't have to be the stream just even even about wrestling and other sports and news that's usually where we get to know you all better that being said thank you to our live chat rooms of six slayer willie v2 eb gamer stasis dreams mad king braddocks thank you for the host earlier we believe you are with seven people papa smark uh the network one spartan jesus george seb the original moss sauce tv bloodluster keys thompson uh discord forsman round tracker and y- yamical uh, and also, of course, all you listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, SoundCloud, Player FM, and all other popular podcast places, as well as those on the video feeds on TalkBrunch.com, Facebook, and Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 460, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Car. Shut that down.